welcome to another excellent episode of Elder Scrolls Off the Record. We're live here in beautiful Grotwood. That's right, folks. We're uh, we're broadcasting from the outside in in Elden Root here in Grotwood, and uh, we've got we've got quite the lineup for you today. Uh, today is Turdos, Suntite the Seventeenth, and of course our show is sponsored in part by Tweaked Audio. TweakedAudio.com, quality headphones, which I'm currently using right now, 30% off. But you'll need our code, off the record, all one word, to get these headphones sent to you for 30% off and shipped to you for free. Only at TweakedAudio.com. And of course by Audible, AudibleTrial.com slash Quest Gaming Network. That is AudibleTrial.com slash Quest Gaming Network. Download your free book right now, today. Don't even wait, guys. Well, listen to the rest of the show, of course, but hey, you know how it goes. <laughs> and, of course, by such awesome fans, such as Eric, Eric R., who says, Thanks for giving me many hours of entertainment and information. Keep up the great work. I, of course, am your humble host and fellow Tamriel Traveler, Ivarwin. And I'm joined by the one and only Master of Lore and Apprentice to Lawrence Schick, Lewis the Lore Master Olan. Hello, Ivarwin. Thank you for the kind intro. Hello, everyone. Twitch, YouTube, chat. What is up? And the master, excuse me, the uh, the only man who walked from Valenwood to Winterhold wearing nothing but a mammoth, but mammoth cheese, David Deanforce Adams. Ugh, just the sound of it. God, Dave, make that oh, sound. God, make the sound. That rips through you. <laughs> Bet you can't guess what part of my body I used to make that noise. Okay, I'm gonna throw it now. <laughs> and the man who has daunted the undaunted Shank Tank. Guess who I am, you guys. What what's what's going on? This is actually awesome. I'm super excited for this show. Man, this is going to be a great show. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, but we're not alone, guys. We have uh, one of our, our wonderful fellow QGN uh, listeners, great community member, Crispy Crackers, Christine. How you doing? Good. Excellent to be here. Not terrifying at all. The, uh, the, the lady who requires expeditious travel, also <laughs> known as what, Shank? <laughs> <laughs> and I hate Shank. I didn't. I was. I didn't even do that though. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Shank's very now famous Need for Speed. This is this is the poor girl whom he trolls every single week in our chat room, who still, for some odd reason, listens to us every single week. And uh, <laughs> and uh, this is my life. I cannot believe it. <laughs> Uh, well, welcome, Christine, and uh, she's Thank also a a fantastic Elder Scrolls fan, by the way. How long have you been playing? Been playing Elder Scrolls games since Morrowind first came out, which was, what, 2002? So yeah. Do the math, like 12 years. Yeah, a lot longer than me, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm a newbie. I feel old, thanks. <laughs> I'm a new guy. started with Skyrim. But there you go. Uh, Lou, where can the good people find us? Well, folks, to find this and all the other craziness that QGN does, go to our main website at elderscrollsofftherecord.com. You can also find us at Facebook. So go over there, 
like us, follow us at facebook.com forward slash Elder Scrolls off the record. If Twitter is your thing, send the show a tweet at Elder Scrolls OTR. And as always, you can watch this episode live at twitch.tv forward slash Quest Gaming Network at 7 p.m. Eastern Time every Thursday. If you miss it, no worries. You can always find this show on all our other shows at youtube.com forward slash Quest Gaming Network. Now, for those of you watching the live stream or later on the uh, the video on YouTube, uh, from from left to right uh, is is uh, crispy, and then Shank, myself in the middle, uh, Lou is is next to me, and then on the end there is is Dave, Catman, Catman, right? Uh, so so uh, <laughs> crispy, what's your character's name? Uh, I'm so original, and her name is Crispy Crackers. Crispy Crack. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then that's Shanks Do, correct? Yep. All right. That's uh, my Avarwin right there in the middle, and then and then Lou, uh, the man with um, a thousand female names. Uh, this character's name is Puritess. Puritess, the pure, right? Uh, well, no, Puritess uh, Delodos. Puritess. Anime, I'm blind. So, so Puritess maybe not the pure. But she's huh? not pure. Hey. That's interesting. Of course not. An imperial. Oh, ba bump. And then, and then you've got Dave's uh, Catman over there. <laughs> well, Catman is his alter ego. He, he uses to fight crimes. As you see, I'm in my full Catman garb. That's right. I like to call it my Catman do. Wow, Shut up, Dave. Did that have to happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we this need is, a rim this shot. This is actually it's game. Yeah, we need a rim shot. Uh, this is actually my my sorcerer. This is Deenforce. All right, so that's the sorcerer Deenforce. Very cool. Uh, for for those of you who want to join us in game, that's that's fine. Uh, we'd love to have you. Of course, uh, we're at the outside in in Grotwood, uh, which is right near Elden Root. Uh, so, so come on in. But if, if you do come in, we'd, we'd like to ask that you just be very, very careful of, of the spell effects and the spell sounds, more importantly, that, that you may want to pop off because uh, your fellow podcast listeners are not going to appreciate all of that sound uh, hitting, hitting their radios. So, so please come in, but, but be mindful of the spell effects. <laughs> All right, uh, so so moving right along, um, Dave. What are we going to be talking about this evening? None of your business. Well, damn it. Okay, but it <laughs> is the business of our listeners, and I'll tell them. Varwin has to plug his ears. Okay, I'm not listening right now. Are you sure? Yes. La 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 la. All right. Up on today's episode, we have what we hope to hear from the future of ESO panel. Oh my. Also, yeah, which is going to be very interesting. Uh, they are currently at uh, QuakeCon doing panels. Blizzard. Or not Blizzard. Jesus. Uh, Bethesda. So, yeah. Excitement. Excitement all around. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, what Elder Scrolls game does ESO closest compare to? Our personal opinions. And a uh, we're probably going to rip the game apart and see what we can compare it to from the inside out. Weekend game will include ESO, as you can see. That may have occurred. And in the Elder Scrolls Lou, what are we going to be talking about? Well, I'll be finishing up the first era timeline, like I promised. Uh, remember, we took a break from last week to accommodate the time we had Paul Sage. So 
This week, I'm going to finish off the timeline for everyone. Mm. Yeah, by the way, um, epic, epic podcast that we had last week. Uh, thank you to uh, to everyone who, who came into the chat room last week to check that out. Thank you to uh, Paul Sage and, and Gina and uh and jessica uh everyone at zoss who who uh helped that happen um we were very very glad to see the information uh sort of spread to the rest of the elder scrolls community uh it's been very uh very popular on the forums and reddit so um i'm very happy to to uh to see everyone get that information and it seems like the information we presented last week well that 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 paul sage presented last week uh, that we were lucky enough to facilitate um, has been very, very positive. A lot of that reaction was very positive. Uh, so before we get, we move further on into the show, uh, Shank, I know we've got, we, we like to say we've got something quick to mention. We've got a bunch of things we'd like to mention before we get the uh, the show up and running. Yes, we do. A very friendly reminder, Dave mentioned it early, uh, earlier, uh, ESO is at QuakeCon starting today, <laughs> Thursday, July 17th. Through the 20th. Um, and this is going to feature many panels, such as the Future of ESO, which takes place tomorrow, Community Meet and Greet, a PvP tournament, Trials Tournament, live streams, and daily giveaways. Um, make sure to go check out the official post on ElderScrollsOnline.com for that. Also, as I was checking through the forums, uh, gamepad support for the PC may be imminent, you guys. In a forum post under the add-on section, Jess Folsom states, quote, We are in the early stages of adding PC support for gamepad input. Several functions for querying t- trigger stick and button states will appear in the documentation, but these functions have not yet been enabled. Similarly, I was taking a quick look around, and, uh, you know, this is actually, it, it's good news for those folks that played Elder Scrolls games on either the console or played previous games uh, on the PC with a gamepad. And uh, on, a, on a poll in the forums, I looked at, last I checked, there were 65 votes. 66% of them were actually in favor of the gamepad support, for, so for, you know, yay for more options. And finally, guys, there's a preview of new guild crests on ElderScrollsOnline.com. It should be right on the homepage right there. I'm looking through it right now, and um, damn, <laughs> these are really good looking. Uh, I, I suggest you guys take a look at this. This is uh, what's going to basically be coming to you guys in Update 3. Um, very detailed, and uh, there's a lot of variety here I'm looking at. So it's, 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 it's you know if you're interested in making these uh, crests and whatnot... Definitely worth taking a look. That's all I got, man. Uh, also, we want to mention it was broke. Uh, it, uh, breaking news that happened today: uh, Elder Scrolls Online will now be a part of the Steam library. Uh, so, for those of you out there who have been on the fence about about getting the game, or you know someone who's been on the fence, or maybe you've unsubbed, uh, hey, listen, you know it's part of the Steam library, I believe, as of today. Uh, if you buy it through Steam, you can uh, you'll get a a Steam key and you'll be able to play it through Steam and have all of its features unlocked uh, or all of the Steam features available to you as you play the game. However, uh, if you're like me and most of us here who who have already purchased the game, you can add it to Steam as a non-Steam game, but you will not be receiving a uh, a Steam key. So that that is uh, breaking information that came from QuakeCon today. Uh, there's a big panel coming out tomorrow. Believe you me, we're going to be uh, grabbing all that info up on, on Elder Scrolls Online and, and presenting it to you on, on the very next podcast. So, 
there you go. Uh, and also, I want to welcome everyone in the chat room as well. Uh, thank you, everybody, for, for joining us inside the chat room today. Uh, you guys are awesome. We see many, uh, many uh, returning names and uh, some new ones as well. So welcome new people and, and, uh, and uh, everyone uh, from our community as well. You guys are awesome. All right, guys. Uh, it's time for our Elder Scrolls recap, what we did in Tamriel this week. But first... Baby, there you go. The uh, you know you you know when you hear that sound, the weekend game is about to ensue. Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with Dave. Actually, well, if we're starting with me, then we're starting with you too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm dragging you in because honestly, that's what all my time's been uh, for the past week. I've been hopping in playing with a Varwin. Uh, in fact, very very early this week. Uh, Varwin and I went through and completed a quest that really meant a lot to me, which was uh, we completed all of the Dark Anchors for the Aldmeri Dominion. And that was fun, going around from zone to zone, cleaning those up. But honestly, when I saw that achievement cross my screen, that meant a lot. That feeling of I just undid all of the stranglehold that was left over from from Malag Ball, it, it felt like the icing on the cake for me. Well, of course, it's not all of them. It's just one of the three zone or one of the three playthroughs. But it yeah. th- it meant a lot to be able to go through and get that achievement. So I was really happy to do it. Yeah, well, it was it was great to uh, to be there next to you when you when you had it and to be able to help facilitate that. Um. I, I had a I had a great time. You know, we've been we've been playing a lot this week. The uh, the couple of times that that you and I specifically have played, we've just been available to group up. And um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's always you know this game is great. I love this game, uh, but the fact is is that when you play it with somebody else, it really does get a lot better. Uh, sorry, Shang. You know, but <laughs> you know, yeah, um, I I don't I don't feel like I'm missing anything, man. Well, you know, it was even great to, to kind of hang out with you for, for a few minutes, too, yesterday, when we were sort of, like, you know, scoping out what locations we wanted to do the show last night. Um, it was cool to, to sort of, you know, hang out and, uh, you know, run around with you in in, uh, in Tamriel. Oh, yeah, no, 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 don't, don't mistake me, and listeners also don't mistake me. I, I, I see nothing wrong with grouping up. <laughs> nothing. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. If if you you know that if that's how you want to experience the game, by all means, do it. Because uh, obviously you're hearing stories that Dave and uh, Varwin just said. You know that epic fight to close all the uh, the uh, dark anchors. Yeah. You know that that's that's how you have those epic moments if you so choose to play that way. So yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So well, I have a question on that actually. Sure. Okay. So. If you close all the dark anchors, now I was under the impression that they respawn. They do, but uh, me closing the dark anchors means I've closed every single one in the Aldmeri Dominion at least once. Okay, so but okay, so but even if you like go back there, you'll they'll they will still yeah, you respawn can, you for can you. Respawn them, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, okay, so it was just again. the achievement that you've closed them all at least once. Then 
Yes. The oh, whole okay. point is that, uh, like, the first time you close it, you mm-hmm. get an achievement for closing it the first time. Gotcha, okay. Uh, in fact, we had a, a special achievement. Uh, a rare enemy came out of one. And both of us got an achievement for clearing a rare enemy that dropped out of one of these uh, yeah, that's, dark anchors. Yeah, uh, that's right, actually. And that helps the Fighters Guild, too, if I'm not, I'm not mistaken, right? Because there's Daedra. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. That, that does help them a lot. Um, which, I'm not really high in the Fighters Guild, but I ha- I'm sure if you complete all of the Dark Anchors, you'll probably be very well off in the Fighters Guild. Well, all right. And you also get loot every time you close a Dark Anchor, correct? We found out about that. Um, it's loot if you're within the level range of the Dark Anchor. Uh, uh, Avar, we went and did a really, really low one. Neither me nor Avarwin got it. Then we did one in Avarwin's level range, and he got the chest, and I didn't. Yeah, that's uh, that's very true. Which I, I had been wondering what that was all about, because you know I, I had thought that it was a bug, that maybe you could go to any any dark anchor and and this was when i believe uh I, I believe this i encountered this when i was i was in um in grotwood uh but apparently if you out level it yeah that'll you don't get the uh the chest which which is actually uh, a good thing if you really think about it because you know you don't want to be flooding the game with with too many you know with too many with too many items you know what i mean mm-hmm. so um, let's see. I am almost level 46. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very, very excited about that. I'm on my way toward, uh, toward veteran rank. And, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely very exciting for me. Um, I, I downed Manamarco this week. I'm not wow. telling you where in the story that, that happens. Um, <laughs> I think by now you probably know it's going to happen. Sorry if that was a spoiler. <laughs> okay yeah well i mean he's like the villain like it's just it's just you know you are going to fight him you know yeah but you know i i sorry about that but uh (laughs) (laughs) um i just hear it spoken so so commonly in in you know elder scrolls in the elder scrolls community but you know in any event um yeah i i did that i was extremely excited about doing that i know i've got more of the main story to go uh but i'm i'm excited about unlocking all that uh how'd you find the fight though it was good. Yeah. It was yeah, challenging. I, I, I had a lot of fun in that fight, so I'm, I'm thinking, like, how did you... That must have been a thrill, man. <laughs> oh, it, it was absolutely amazing. I wasn't even expecting it either. I, I thought it was going to be, you know, one more one more main quest thing where, you know, you, you get the main quest and something crops up and you go back to the harbors and everyone's like, man, you know, that was... We, we accomplished our goal, but we didn't realize this other part of the story. It seems like now, when it comes to the story, I'm a part of the... Uh, rising action. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we've we've found out all of the loops that we're gonna find out, and and now it's just the characters are just taking it forward. And I see, I don't know, I'm getting the feeling that you know when it comes to this storyline, I, I get the feeling like you know some some big stuff's about to hit. So I'm very oh, very excited. Yeah. <laughs> so so knowing where I am in this story, because uh, you know, granted, I just started out very recently. Right. It sounds like I have no idea what's about to happen. Okay. Well, Shank, for you, I'd say the first step is you should 
pick up that quest at the very beginning, which we call your first quest. What are the quests for, though? What do the quests mean? <laughs> uh, other than that, I would say the, the armor you see me wearing, I made completely myself. Uh, very excited that, that I'm, I'm in some new stuff. It's been helping me a lot in uh, uh, Reaper's March, which I'm about halfway through, I'd say. And, um, geez, you know, that's, that's basically it. Uh, I've been specking my character for health and magicka. Uh, it's making me a much better tank. Um, I find myself, you know, filling the role easier now than, than I was in the past. I, I really feel like I'm learning where I should be in order to be a good tank. So by the, by the time I hit veteran rank, I, I think I'm going to have this down. Um, what Your else? armor is absolutely impressive, by the way. Oh, that's, uh, that's the Nordic version of the, uh, the, the dwarven armor. I was going to say, because, like, I'm looking at your armor and just imagining with the die system and stuff on top of that. Oh, it, 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 oh God. <laughs> Absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> just gorgeous. Just um, gorgeous. It gives me the pink paladin. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I'd say that's about it. You know, some of the... Some of the um, some of the, the skills that I've received this week, I'm starting to stop putting them in uh, in skills and starting to put them in um, crafting, crafting okay. skills. So I'm I'm working on my blacksmithing and uh, probably um, was it blacksmithing and uh, probably uh, the the clothing profession and. I'm really liking what this person is doing right now. Yeah, I see. <laughs> the community's funny. I think it's uh, a little bit creepy. Well, she, whoever it is, uh, we give we give him or her our blessing. Yeah, you're because because uh, we are kind and just. If I wouldn't get yelled at, I would stand up and clap. But don't break rank, Christy. <laughs> I won't. I'm not. <laughs> Took us a long time to get this way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it for me. Um, Crispy, what uh, what have you what have you been up to this this week in game? Um, I haven't actually played much, but I did play today um, to get prepared for the show. And so, okay, so like my play style is okay. Like everyone knows how Shank plays, so imagine that, and then like imagine the exact opposite. Uh, you're get, you're coming <laughs> over just a little bit muffled there, uh, Crispy, just a little bit. I'm sorry. Is that better? Much better. There we go. <laughs> okay. So I was um, wandering around today looking for rooms. And- wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's like as soon as you as soon as you decide to actually say something, uh, the, the, it gets all muffled. <laughs> really? Yeah. See there now you're now you're back. Okay. So I we did audio checks before the the, uh, the show guys. Yeah. I don't I don't know what that's all about, but it's because I didn't buy the headset that Blue told me to get. It could be that. Yeah. <laughs> We we can skip me or come back to me. No, thir- third time's a charm. <laughs> okay, so um, today I decided because normally my play style is, is weird. I say it's like it's a joke. It's like a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> like All right, Chris, we're gonna come back to you in just a few minutes. I'm sorry, hon. Uh, Lou, what uh, what have you been doing in game? Uh, a bunch of things. Uh, real quickly, uh, just continuing the questing, adventuring in DC land. With my uh, Albany Domain Sorcerer. 
Uh, I just about halfway done with Glenumbra, but I still have a lot of stuff left to do. Like I haven't touched any of the uh, the world bosses or the dolmens yet. You know, I'm skipping those for now. And uh, the public dungeons. I'm going to go back to those. Once I actually do all the quests, Glenumbra, then I'll go back and just do all those in one sweep. Um, I had a bunch of... Well, I have a lot of skill points. <laughs> so I decided to actually start working on uh, some crafting. So initially, I started up with clothing. All right, so I put skill points into that. So I got to the point where now I can use or make things out of uh, silver weave. Um, and right now, with research, I am trying to build up to at least six traits on all the pieces of light armor. But halfway through, I only got maybe... I think I have four pieces so far. I have three more pieces left to do. So I got to research shoulders still, uh, gloves, and boots. Really six traits. Wow. Yeah. Right now, I'm in the middle of... Uh, well, no, I just finished actually today. I just finished researching the six trait for the chest piece so I can create the new uh, the new chest piece look, uh, the jerkin, the coat, so I get I can get rid of the damn dress look for the, my sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I don't like you know every stereotypical wizard in every MMO looking like Gandalf <laughs> with the robes on. Right. Um, and even with all that, uh, I also worked in woodworking as well, so I can make my own uh, staff weapons for the Sork. And I'm just up to now getting the eighth trait for the restoration and the lightning, and I'm done with the the staff weapons with staves. And with all that, Man, I still awesome. have 15 skill points left over. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I'm probably going to put in the bank, and then you know, hopefully, when I get to VR10 and start doing stuff in Craglorn, I'll you know build up other things, or maybe switch my builds around. Right. Uh, but I'll be looking at it on forums and such, you know, getting ideas from them, from other players, more experienced players, and see what they've done in the past, and build off of that. I also enjoyed giving Shank a. Dose of sensory overload oh the other night a dose by of showing what? him what my setup looks like for the ESO. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got pictures. Uh, just, just real quick. Uh, I know, I know. A lot of you guys in the community are are, are really excited about about doing the stream in game, but um, I, I do believe that a lot of the people watching live uh, may not necessarily appreciate some of the things that are happening on the table here. <laughs> So if if you're going to be in frame, that's fine. But I would I would appreciate it, and I think the community would appreciate it too. If if maybe you did were a, a somewhat still. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, moving on. Uh, those those pictures that that uh, we were looking at. Let me see if I can actually uh, pull them up over here because this is this is this is cool stuff. Now, now, Lou, uh, this this is—I've got it up right here on the on the stream. This is your uh, your screen, right? This is how yes. your screen looks. Yes, that's my, that's what my screen looks like. All right, I am running you know a bunch of mods. Um, not one of which is a, a multi quest tracker. Um, I always have my my skill bar always showing, always displayed. Same thing, my chat box. Um. And I'm also running Atchipos' uh, FTC, uh, Foundry Tactical Combat mod. I'm running that as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, a bunch of things from Wicked's, Wicked's Framework. Okay. Which explains that, that top bar above my compass. Right. That's, that's, that gives us gives so much information there in one shot and one glance. So yeah. 
you know, for a lot of players who are used to the single player experience for the Tez games, you know, yeah, I mean, this is a lot of info to take in at once if you're not used to it. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, at times, even when I first started years ago with MMOs and using add-ons, yeah, it, it can be uh, overwhelming at first. You know, and, and a little bit scary. Yeah. Um, but for me, you know, I like playing games this way and... You know, I have no problems playing ESO this way. I mean, I did it before without you know, add-ons, but yeah, I kind of like what, I, what I'm what I'm doing now with the add-ons here. All right, now now keep this in mind. Now this is this is Elder Scrolls as an MMO. This is this is Elder Scrolls Online. All right, giving all of the information that a normal MMO would give you, and and how how much Elder Scrolls Online could look just like. An MMO. Now let's let's go over here to to Shank's um, normal screen. <laughs> As you can see, this really looks more like, really honestly, it looks more like Skyrim than anything else. Um, if you if maybe uh, maybe if you didn't know any better, uh, looking at this screenshot here, you would probably say, "Wow, oh, did they mod Skyrim in some way? Because it looks different." So I, I know it's a very, very confusing, busy screen. So let me let me walk you through what I have going on here. Right. Um, I have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a screen <laughs> about nothing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's literally just the the compass <laughs> that I have there. And normally you have that uh, that that quest tracker, you know, where it gives you the text of the the quest on uh, your objective in the top right hand corner. Normally, yeah. that was just I I couldn't do I I couldn't do it, so I shut it off. So all I have uh, on my screen right now is just the um, compass, which you see, obviously the crosshair, and you know when I get into fights and whatever, my skill bar will fade in. Um, same with my attribute bars, my health, stamina, and magicka. Uh, but they're all context sensitive. You know, they they'll only fade in. They basically like Skyrim, like if everyone said like Skyrim. Um, and then of course, you, what you see missing is my chat, which is conspicuously absent. Uh, but so, I have a, I have a question about this UI. Yeah. At what point does the game get overlaid on top of this? Um, it's actually when you like quit the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's that's yeah. So I, I, I thought I this would be kind of cool. That's it. I, I love this comparison because this is this is so true. You have the the hardcore mowers like me and Lou, and then you have Shank, who's just got nothing. <laughs> there, there it is like, again. That's Lou's screen. Look at look at that, and then Shank. <laughs> uh, funnily enough, my my screen looks basically just like this too. Uh, Shank's Shank's screen. I I really don't prefer the the MMO style um, in in this in this game. You know, I'll I'll go for this in Star Wars: The Old Republic and, and Lord of the Rings Online for sure, but uh, not not for ESO. Um, I come to ESO to play an Elder Scrolls game with my friends, uh, not not to play necessarily a uh, a traditional MMO. Um, all right, moving on from that, guys. Uh, pretty pretty awesome stuff. But uh, what I want to know is, Shank, what have uh, what have you been doing in game? Well, um, I had a 
live stream on Saturday and I texted a few of you guys before I did it just to because I, I thought it was going to be a cool idea and I had Lou who joined me on Saturday as well um, and this is up on our YouTube page it's under the Shanks Saturday playlist it should be the, the one at the very top there in that playlist um, I played ESO and I walked all the way from Grotwood you know, basically where Haven is, all the way from Grotwood, all the way through to Reaper's March at level nine without dying with no combat. Jeez, man. And if you think I'm making this up, folks, you can ask Lou. He was on the stream or you could just watch the stream for the evidence itself. <laughs> um, that was hysterical. <laughs> and why did I, and, you know, why did I do this? Um, a couple of reasons. Number one, I wanted to prove to not only you guys, you know, who may be doubting it, but also to myself that you can do this and it's not going to be quote unquote gated, um, where, you know, you can, you, you hit, you literally just hit like some invisible wall saying, you know, you cannot go here yet. Um, and that's something I asked of Arwen and, uh, and Dave, you know, I asked him, I was like, is, is it going to prevent me? And they're like, nope, you just have to make sure you're on the road and then you can just, it'll put you into wherever you go. Um, and that's what I found. I it took me about two hours ish, I think, two hours or an hour and a half. I don't, I don't know. I can't nope, remember. No, close um, to two hours. Yeah. But that's that's what I did, and that's all we did was just explore, playing Shanks regular way, avoiding combat. I, you know, I somehow didn't die, and just straight up ex- exploration. And um, Dave was very very kind, and he crafted me uh, some armor. Which uh, I wore some of it on my quest. Uh, w- gave me basically exploration mm-hmm. boosts. Yeah, bonus to experience from exploration. Yep. Which uh, you would be amazed how much of a pain in the butt it is to find those on short notice. Dude, th- the crazy thing is, like, literally earlier this week, after you know when I was just playing by myself, I, I actually found a piece of heavy armor with that exploration bonus on. I immediately researched it. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was a big thing. And God, I, I, I texted of one after I was like, I, I could not believe I was able to do that, that it just allowed me to do that. Um, I, I thought that was amazing. Um, hopefully the, you know, you guys appreciated it, um, and liked it. I thought it was really fun. Um, and I had a similar rush to like oblivion and Skyrim, you know, discovering new places for the first time. And that's, that's such a, that's such an important piece of an elder scrolls games for me is that, is that feeling of new discovery. I, uh, I, I just re- want to say, so I'm sorry to interrupt Shank, but, uh, Jif, uh, Jif 1912 in the chat room saying, ha, Shank's live stream last Saturday was awesome. I can't believe he walked to Reaper's March. So he, so, so Jif uh, definitely appreciated it. Oh, that's awesome, man. Good to hear. Um, it was ugh, it was how I would want to play the game, and I could do it, and it was really fun. Um, and I actually uh, I went back to Ordon, uh because I wanted to uh, you know experience a little bit more of the story. So yes, I I've, I actually do do quests. Uh, that's it's not a myth that I don't do quests. I, I actually do. It's just disproportionate to my exploration. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so I, I've been doing some quests for um, the queen, as it were, because uh, she's awesome and my future wife. Sorry, crispy. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm that's on okay. my tra- totally okay. She can have them <laughs> in my Take travel. Him, please. In my travels, I found one of those uh, those you know those set crafting stations that you guys find in the wild. Yes, um, and I found one in like northeast of Oradon, 
And I was trying to figure out, you know, it took me a little bit to figure out, like, the mechanics of how to even be eligible to craft one of those sets at them. Fortunately, I could. And I crafted uh, the bow that you see that I'm wearing right now on my back. Um, it's an ashen bow. And uh, it, it has properties on it, but I believe those properties are not activated until I've crafted, you know, a certain number of pieces from that set. Um, so I'm going to be looking at that. But that was, that was really cool. And I was telling Avarwin this yesterday, but I found an Argonian motif. <sighs> Irony. Because <laughs> if there's going to be a motif you're going to find in this game, it's going to be the Argonian one. <sighs> so lame, you guys. Um, though that was lame. Uh, but that's, that's the armor that I'm wearing currently right now, that, that uh, heavy armor, Curious. Um, and now I'm in Grotwood and, uh, you know, proper, and I'm going to be doing some more uh, questing. My, my, I have, like, so many quests in my journal that I've just totally just not even, like, completely ignored. So, um, yeah, I might be going back and doing some questing for, like, Mages and Fighters Guild now. Um, but, yeah, I am, I'm having so much fun with this game. God, and I was telling Yvarwin and Lou last night, like, I feel like I bought the game at the right time. Like, I, I think, you know, me personally, the type of player I am, if I had bought it when it launched, I think I would have been frustrated. But now with all the changes that, number one, already have been implemented, and number two, that are upcoming soon, I think I entered the game at the right time. Because I'm having so, so much fun. And uh, yay lockpicking. That, that's amazing. I, I, I love I love hearing that. And Big shout out to uh, to Rob Rage Philosophy in the chat room uh, for for slaying some of the trolls. That <laughs> good job, man. Thank you so much, uh, dude. That is awesome. I am so excited to hear that 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 you love this game and that you're enjoying it. And it's 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 exciting for us because you know it's it's cool to be able to you know share it with you on the show and and uh you know i always kind of felt like maybe you felt left out a bit earlier and um you know i don't feel like you're going to be feeling that way anymore so i'm glad that you're 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 in and enjoying it oh it's uh i'm having so much fun i mean i you know i'm playing at my regular you know slow deliberate pace which okay yeah it'll frustrate some but i feel like i you know i i just want to take the the world literally the world in and um that's i'm having so much fun just doing things you know at my own pace questing at my own pace exploring and it's 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 so it's rewarding it really is and i'm having a lot of fun doing it cool man i think another cool thing that you're experiencing now is that like the starter zones aren't so crowded like they were when the game first yes yeah so you're like really really (laughs) yep i i have to agree Crispy, uh, let's let's go back to you. Uh, how how was your your week this week? Are you are you busy in game this week? No, I didn't do very much. I only played pretty much today. Um, so. <laughs> wow! <laughs> you know what I think is happening is uh, I think I think Skype is automatically lowering your volume as you speak. Yeah, she has the automatic. I think that's exactly what's going on. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, all right. You think maybe uh, maybe maybe one of you guys, uh, you know, off to the side while we go into the next topic yeah, I'll here. I'll send her a message uh, right after this. Evarwin. Um, yeah. Before we move on, mm-hmm. we had a question in the chat. I'd like to speak about. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go for it. Something that we've actually been talking about. Evarwin, uh, Lou, and I t- spoke about last night. Uh, we got a question. 
Jif again asks, I'd like to know if Q- the QGN crew had a community contest to design a tabard for the guilds. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Do you think it's time for us to answer this? I, I believe it is, Dave. Go right on ahead. I will be setting up a color contest for the guilds to choose a color for the tabards. And all right, we will we will have that set up? Um, because there's way too many symbols, we kind of wanted something that matched the guild names. So we're going to find a symbol that matches the guild names, most likely. But as for the colors, those absolutely will be put up on a poll for you to vote for. All right. And uh, where will this poll be? On our website, on our forums? Those will be on our website, or, or and it will probably be linked to from our forums. But Excellent. yeah, it will be up. It'll probably be up on the guild blog. All right, and uh, the guild blog, Dave. Do you remember where uh, where people can find that at? That's at elderscrollsofftherecord dot com. Look on the top Meganav and click guild blog. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh, so, so what we're going to do is we're going to break away into our first discussion point. Uh, Dave, did you were you going to volunteer to to help? Yeah, yeah uh, I'm going to help out Crispy real quick. Y'all go ahead. Phenomenal. All right. So while while Dave and uh, and and Crispy sort of get things ironed out, um, we're gonna we're gonna move ahead to our discussion points. So stay tuned, guys. In their tongue is Dovahkiin, Dragonborn. <laughs> okay, Shank, what is our our first discussion point for the evening? Well, all right. Um, like we mentioned at the top of the show, um, QuakeCon, ESO is at QuakeCon. Their first big scheduled event is uh, tomorrow, which is uh, Friday the 18th, which is the future of ESO panel. There's going to be a lot of stuff discussed here, and uh, I'm just going to list off who is going to be, uh, you know, who the, the Zoss members that will be there, as well as what they're going to be discussing. And, uh, you know, just get our thoughts on it and do some fun speculation because I think it'll be it'll be interesting because, you know, it's the eve of a big announcement potentially. So before we get into the discussion, let me just go ahead and overview what, we're, what we can expect tomorrow. Um, we're going to have the lead content designer, Rich Lambert, uh, will be discussing the veteran city of Ash Dungeon. And this is Region 3 of Craglorn. We'll also be discussing dungeon replayability and grouping improvements. The lead PvP designer, Brian Wheeler, will be d- talking about the Imperial City. Oh, yes. Uh, which Paul Sage, I believe, hinted at last week on our show. Um, additionally, we're going to have lead client programmer Jesse McIntyre, who will be discussing facial animations. Uh, creative director Paul Hughes G. Sage will be discussing the champion system and the justice system. We're going to have lead gameplay designer Nick Conkle discussing spellcrafting, personal personal favorite of mine, and as well as art director Jared Carr, who will be discussing combat responsiveness and new PvE content. A lot of stuff, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tomorrow's a big day, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna be uh, checking this stuff out along along with you guys, of course. 
so I guess the question is now that now that we we know uh, what's up for discussion, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more that they're going to be dropping other than just what you could probably uh, thematically fit into these uh, little little points that they make. Big uh, big question is what are we hoping to hear? from the future of ESO panel. So so guys, I I ask you uh starting with Lou, what are you hoping to hear about uh, about some of this stuff? Well, I want to bring up the point that uh Shank mentioned earlier about from Nick Conkle or Das Conk about spellcrafting. Uh, obviously since my main Did you just casually call him Das Conk? Yes, Das Conk. Um <laughs> <laughs> Like if I didn't catch that, that would have just right in the show and Das Conk. Uh, you know, I I'd really like to hear more about spellcrafting because obviously we've had spellcrafting in the Tez games before. Okay, we didn't have it in Skyrim. So I'm now I'm curious to see how exactly uh will Nick and the rest of the team uh bring this into the game. I know we've we've hinted about it before. They they've I guess teased of some uh, early aspects about it that were never set in stone, but just ideas they're tossing around of how they would want to implement it. And so now that we actually hear that they're actually going to talk about it, you know, now we can actually hear some maybe some concrete concrete ideas, some concrete facts of what they're going to do, how they're going to implement spellcrafting, what exactly is it going to involve? You know, can we can we invent our own spells or can we augment? Existing spells make them more powerful, uh, make them more useful, so to speak, and so on. So, yeah, that's one thing I would definitely love to hear him uh, go over. Yeah, I'm very, I'm, I am very interested in, in what spellcrafting is is going to be all about. I, I find that uh, very interesting. And uh, the the interesting thing I, I the other interesting thing I find <laughs> is is that they're talking about this without like a huge uh, expansion. On the horizon, you know. Usually, when you get a new crafting element in the game or a new a new crafting profession in the game, it's it's always accompanied with, or it's at least like a small part of a giant expansion that you're going to have to really. You know, yeah, usually it is. See, I, I would just imagine it was just like one of those patches. And again, this is this is the MMO noob in me because I remember you know when in Hearthfire for Skyrim, that was just you know that wasn't a huge thing like Dawn Guard or Dragonborn, but it was just this like. Here's this quick little DLC kind of thing. So yeah. that's why I'm a little bit okay. That's 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 interesting to hear. Well, um, actually, now Shank, now that now that we got you on the mic a little bit, uh, what are you hoping to hear from the ESO future of ESO panel? Um, spellcrafting, spellcraft. I mean, my God, I have spent so long in oblivion crafting spells in the Kiranasium in the uh, <laughs> Arcane University in in the Imperial City. My God, I mean, it's so it's so fun because you really feel. I, I don't know. I felt at least that I was like literally just conjuring, you know, magicka and creating something new, and it was so you felt really powerful. Now, yes, the difference here is that this is an MMO, and you're gonna have to find that balance because in Oblivion you could just craft whatever the heck you wanted. You know, doesn't literally doesn't matter. You could just craft it. And it could be this like giant nuke that you can just throw down. <laughs> you can't really create nukes in this game uh, because that would be a little bit imbalanced. So, but the, what gives me great excitement and hope is a few things. Number one, the crafting system in this game is, in my humble opinion, the best crafting system um, I've played in an Elder Scrolls game. 
Um, I love how deep it is, but also I love how broad it is. Um, well, well, to be honest, well, Shank, I mean, not not to cut you off, but I mean, that's that's a little bit of the MMO creeping in. It's it's broad and deep because it's Elder Scrolls, but a lot of the interface and a lot of um, a lot of what you're seeing and how it functions and and the the gathering aspect of it, it that is absolutely theme park MMO style. Oh, and and I I don't doubt that at all. I mean, like yeah. I I just. You know, I, I haven't really played them, but I do know that you know crafting is a big component of MMOs. But mm-hmm. to me, it, it the fact that it just feels very naturally, quote unquote, naturally Elder Scrolls, and the way that they have it working here, I, I really love it. It feels so good, and because of that, there's so much, there's a lot of care that they've taken with the crafting system, and knowing that they'll apply it to the spell crafting. This is just another time sink for me. Like, I'm just going to spend so much time crafting spells because I loved doing that in Oblivion so much. And it's just another one of those things you can do. Um, man, and we didn't get that in Skyrim. We couldn't really craft our own spells. You know, and that's yeah. something I really sorely missed. And so I'm very excited to see this back um, in the fray because honestly, when I saw spell crafting, that took me by surprise. I, I was not expecting that. Well, um, uh, go. I, I understand spellcrafting is a big thing, and and maybe you know maybe we'll we'll go back to to you guys again for for a second. And, you know, Shank, I want you to maybe come up with, uh, you know, something else that that maybe you're, oh, yeah. you're interested in because I know spellcrafting is like I said. It's when I heard that that was coming to the game. I the the first thing I thought was, wow, Shank's going to be excited, and then the second <laughs> thing I thought was, uh, I can't believe they're putting that in this game because it yeah. seemed like it was people were complaining about it in oblivion and now it seems like maybe they found a way for it to work in in elder scrolls online and mmo that is always keenly interested in keeping things balanced how does that work so i'm very mm-hmm. interested in hearing about that too but the other thing i'm very interested in hearing about as well is exactly what um what pvp is going to look like in the future because I know what we have right now, um, there's there's a lot of criticisms about it, and I know they're looking to um, they're looking to to do slight fixes and changes. I'm very interested to see what what the system is going to look like in regards to the special event uh, campaigns that are that are going to be you know coming out. I'm sure in full force. Um, how how it, the game is going to look as far as gear, how the game is going to look as far as the the one to level forty nine or the non veteran rank PvP campaigns versus the veteran rank PvP campaigns. I'm wondering what that's going to look like, and uh, I'm very interested in seeing you know what the champion system is all about. I know I know Paul Sage uh, had had given us a lot of information on it, but you know when when Paul Sage talks. He tells you about the tip of the iceberg that seems like a giant mountain, but you know when the rest of the information comes out, it pales in comparison to what he was holding back on. So, yeah. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, Lou, maybe that's, you want to. That's the thing. I, I can't wait. Like because the thing is, like Zenimax have been doing. They've been doing a good job. When like something big comes along, they do a video. Like we saw the die system. There was a video. Mm-hmm. We saw Craglorn. You know, better the Crypt of Hearts. Uh, we got a video. I would really like to see a video for what you just mentioned, you know, the, the, the champion system, maybe just like a quick overview of how mechanically it will work. And also I think for the, especially for the spell crafting and any, like one of these big sort of additions, I think even like a quick little, Hey guys, you know, here's us giving you a quick little overview of how it works. So you're not totally blindsided in the game kind of thing. I think that'd be cool. 
Yeah. Um, and now, now, Lou, <laughs> facial animations. <laughs> we we've seen this in Swotor. It's kind. Of, it's 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 goofy. What what is it exactly? I don't know what it is. Your, go it, ahead, go ahead, Lou. It, it's going to give your avatar the ability to actually mimic real human facial expressions. So if you want to be able to do the cool hand solo swagger, I'm going to raise my eyebrow and just draw the latest to me kind of look. <laughs> you can, you know, slash you, hand solo. Yeah, uh, you know, do you want to make on a female avatar? Do you want to do the duck face? <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. All right, to where they'll actually try their best to to create uh, and replicate those anim- those emotional uh, those emotions on your character's face, so you can convey. I guess more things, you know, especially for a role playing crowd. You know, you can set your mood like, you know, do you always want to be the, the, the grumpy grumpy Bosmer? <laughs> have that sour look on your face all the time. All right, there you go. You can have it. Shank the grumpy Bosmer. <laughs> yes, the grumpy Bosmer. Now no, dude dude, I would have like the I'm so hot look all the time running around. <laughs> you mean the uh snotty, obnoxious, pretentious female no she's hot look. <laughs> Exactly the, the the Beverly Hills, as oh, it were. God, no, no, we got enough of them in the world. <laughs> Slash Kim Kardashian. Exactly, prick. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, God, Would, God bless you, down to, to earth, NPCs? ladies. <laughs> What's that? Could this translate to NPCs? So when they're like talking to you, could like NPCs potentially perform more facial animations? Like if they tell you something sad, or if they tell you some like good news or something. Yeah, it might. I mean, they kind of they kind of do that now, but that's probably already been hardwired or hard coded into the NPC's face anyway. But yeah, yeah, they they could probably go back and touch them up. Yeah, you gotcha. More, like, more lifelike. You never know. Um, now we've got we've got the facial animation thing in Star Wars: The Old Republic, and it's always it's kind of goofy over there, but sometimes it happens. Um, and we've got certainly uh, some really, really, really awesome emotes in this game. Uh, but I don't feel like with the current emote interface system that's out there now, you you have an idea of exactly how extensive that kind of thing is. I would like to see these facial animations. If they're going to have them in the game, I'd like to see a an extensive, um, you know, tooltip on the UI near the chat box where you can you can click on it and select what facial animation you wanna you wanna have. You know, uh, and I would also like much in the way that the, the you have in the emotes. Maybe maybe pin it under the emote button, um, and then I would also like to see an extension of of the the emotes, the the selection there uh, through the user interface. I'd I'd like to see that instead of you know having to rely on you know memory an, an add on or memory <laughs> to kind of right. yeah get it out. Uh, Shank. Yes, sir. So so justice system, right? You're you're the sneaky type. You like to. Uh, to uh, basically play the thief in, in single-player Elder Scrolls games. Uh, we're going to be hearing a lot about the justice system, I wager, tomorrow as well. What, uh, oh, what, yes. are you looking, uh, to, what are you looking forward to hearing about with the justice system? Um, I'm personally, I, I'm, not, I'm not terribly, I mean, I, I, I'm, very, I'm more apathetic towards the justice system with respect to stealing from other players. But when it comes to, like, I mean, look where we are right now. You know, we're in an inn, right? Um, and you're right. You know, one of the things I like doing in Skyrim and Oblivion is <laughs> going into people's houses and just stealing crap. Mm. 
Um, <laughs> I th- I, I, that's that's what I think. Th- I think that'd be really cool to add, like in the you know, if we, if we go to an inn, if we go to you know some other place of business within the game. I'm really curious to see. Okay, first of all, what? Wh- how do you define quote unquote stealing in this game? Um, is it on the NPC himself? So that this guy, this NPC sweeping right here, so would it be stealing if I snuck up behind him and just sort of picked his pockets and like stuff? Or is it going to be extended to items elsewhere in the environment, such as, you know, he has, you know, bookshelves in his shop. He's got a desk in his shop here. Are certain items not considered, or certain places not considered stealing like a bookshop versus desks, which are considered? So I, I really want to know how that's going to be tied into it. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what the punishment for getting caught is. Um, and just to, just to kind of uh, re- refresh some of you guys who may not be familiar with it, in, in, uh, in Oblivion and, uh, well, I think in Skyrim, but in, most definitely in Oblivion, you know, if you steal something, all your stolen goods are confiscated, and uh, especially in Oblivion, your, some of your skills actually decrease. They get affected by it. And that's something that I actually thought was really cool because, like, that was a real consequence, man. Like, your skill will decrease. Um, I, I'm curious to see how, what the punishment for that really will be. Uh, that's yeah. really looking forward to hearing more about that. I definitely think we all are. Absolutely. Uh, Dave, are, are you there, sir? I am, but we're still having audio issues. Okay. All right. No problem. So, so what we're going to do is uh, we're going to we're going to move along to uh, to the next to the next discussion point. Um, unless, unless, of course, Dave, you feel like you can you can maybe weigh in on the topic. Oh no, y'all covered pretty much everything. <laughs> okay. Very good. Uh, so, before we move on, of course, we just want to shout out once more uh, our wonderful sponsor, Tweaked Audio. TweakedAudio.com, of course, quality earbuds, and hey, free worldwide shipping. Guys, doesn't matter where you live in the world. Uh, you can you can live in Siberia. You can live in Pennsylvania. You can live right next to an Argonian doing push-ups on the outside in in Grotwood. Uh, doesn't, ma- <laughs> doesn't matter where you live, guys. Tweaked Audio, TweakedAudio.com is going to send your earbuds out to you for free. Uh, but, but Hey, you know, uh, shipping, shipping, shipping can be expensive, especially if you, if you live in, uh, I don't know, somewhere around the world, uh, far away from the United States, shipping can be very expensive. So, so don't, don't bat your eye at that, but here's something else you can't bat your eye at. All right. Even though they've got great customer service, they have a lifetime warranty. And additionally with our code, you're going to get 30% off. Yeah. 30% off your entire order. More earbuds you buy, the more you're going to save over at tweakedaudio.com. 30% off with our code off the record. Off the record is the code you need in order to receive 30% off your earbuds over at tweakedaudio.com. And, of course, you save even more when they ship them to you for free. And, hey, it's a fantastic product. You can't go wrong with with, uh, the quality earbud. They sound great. They're very crisp. Uh, they've got the, the sound quality of, of maybe some, some extremely top name brand headphones out there. So enjoy, enjoy your, uh, your tweaked audio headphones when you go out there to tweakedaudio.com and purchase them starting around, I'd say around $20, they, uh, up to maybe about 40. They've got a nice wide selection. They'll, they'll cover your, your mobile audio needs 
Of course, again, like I said, free shipping and 30% off. Lifetime warranty. They'll, if anything ever happens, they'll cover, uh, they'll cover the cost, send you a new pair for free, and the shipping, again, will be free over at tweakedaudio.com. So thank you once again for sponsoring our show in part today. All right, Shank. Uh, we have what we've allocated most of our show for. And that is, that is this, uh, this topic right here, which Shank, I know you're very, very excited when you, when you, when you penned this together and, uh, you planned for it. So I want you to introduce this one as well. All right. Um, this show, Elder Scrolls Off the Record, and many of us were, you know, have been here since literally episode zero. Uh, this fan included, uh, has been and always will be an Elder Scrolls show. And because of that, and now that, you know, all of us hosts here, now that we're all playing the game, I thought it was the perfect time to bring up this discussion topic. So, from the Elder Scrolls games we've played and experienced, which game does ESO compare closest to? Now, this is obviously this is more than a one-word simple answer. Um, there's going to be some thought into this. Would, do you want me to just go down the things to consider, or how do you want to tackle the uh, the bullets here? Because there's some pretty uh, pretty pretty thing pretty uh, detailed things to consider and keep in mind here. Oh yeah, well, well, first thing is first. Let's uh, let's just let's just tell them how we're going to cover this uh, bullet sure. by bullet point, and uh, you know okay. you don't have to get into the sub bullets, but sure, uh, sure, sure, sure. So. Things to consider for us, um, and certainly for you listening or viewing, uh, are the mechanics, for example, the control scheme, HUD and the UI, some character systems, gameplay systems, combat, exploration, and my personal favorite, and in my opinion the most important, the intangibles. The intangibles are something that you can't quite put your finger on. It's, it's that sort of magic... That Elder Scrolls magic, that that personal Elder Scrolls magic to you. So that's a very, very personal uh, consideration to make. So there we go, guys. All right. Well, starting on mechanics, um, let's uh, let's start. But I guess uh, yeah, let's start with you, Shank. All right. Uh, as far as the mechanics go, what do you what do you have to say about about how does how does Elder Scrolls Online compare? Or what is the closest game that you can compare it to regarding the mechanics, the control scheme? Yeah, um, and I, I spoke to you about this, and it seems like that you and I uh, share the way that we play this a little bit similarly here. Um, I First thing I did was I remapped all my controls to play like Oblivion. And because, you know, that... that, that it, first of all, you can do it in this game. Coupled with the first person in my minimal UI, it really does feel like that. So because of the way that I had remapped it and I uh, interact with the world, it really feels, especially, you know, you know you're seeing barrels and chests and, and uh, bookshelves around. It feels that when I'm interacting with it, it feels like I am actually playing Oblivion on my PC. Um, so in that sense, the, that sort of mechanical feel, it feels very, very, very much like Oblivion to me personally. And it's, I really like it actually. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I've, I've actually taken the control scheme myself and mapped it exactly the way I play Skyrim. So this game actually feels like Skyrim to me when I, when I, uh, when I, when I play it. So, mm-hmm. um, Catman. 
<laughs> Dave, you're back, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. H- how you doing over there, Crispy? I'm hanging in there. You hanging in there so so I, far? I think we got her for short bits of time. We can get her a sentence or two out of her. Yeah. Uh, but it's still freaking out of her a long period of time. All right. Okay. Um, geez. Well, again, like I would say, uh, this game to me in control scheme feels a lot like a lot like Skyrim. Now, now, Dave, we haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, what, <laughs> what would you say? I mean, as far as the control scheme goes, I mean, how, to, how would you compare Elder Scrolls Online to to the other ESO, the other Elder Scrolls games? Well, first off, the only Elder Scrolls game I enjoy playing is Skyrim because Oblivion is probably the worst thing created by human hands. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> so uh, let me compare it to good games. How about that? Oh, He's God. breaking rank. I don't want Dave back. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> I, I actually I'm have glad that came out as clear as it too. did. <laughs> The closest game I can say in comparison to the gameplay stylings in ESO is uh, Fantasy Star Online 2. It is, it is a game where you select your skills, you then go into uh, a mode where you don't have a free mouse, and you, can, you hack and slash to complete objectives. Right. Yeah, but Dave, no so, one care. No one cares about Fantasy Star Online too. Okay. So, um, so just, just so you know, just stop I, talking. I, I cry into my pillow at night because of you. <laughs> Good. I that you got. I am I kidding, guys. I, I'm being rude because he's my friend and he loves that. So, <laughs> David, I made a cogent point. No, it's okay. I understand. <laughs> but no, in all honesty, I this game do, I make it feel like an MMO. It doesn't feel like Skyrim to me. I don't play ESO like I play Skyrim. I don't play ESO like I played uh, Morrowind. And I start ESO and can play it in which it doesn't play like Oblivion. You know, it's it's kind of funny that um, I we got someone throwing water on us. <laughs> That's kind of rude. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But I think the Argonian feels more at home with water splashed on him. Uh <sighs> So, so I, I didn't actually take that into consideration when thinking if we should do this topic or not. And I'm glad, I'm glad we've got this, this extra dimension to the topic I hadn't considered. Is that Dave doesn't play this game like an Elder Scrolls game. He plays it like a normal MMO. So, so I think Dave's answers are going to be very interesting on all of these for, for sure. Yeah. Well, I, because I'm not treating it like an, like Shank treats an Elder Scrolls game and, I'm not treating it like I treat an Elder Scrolls game. Right. Uh, Chatroom is asking, so we're going to answer one more time. Uh, if you want to know what, what uh, where we're at right now, we're at the Outside Inn in Grotwood, uh, which is near Elden Root. It's, uh, it's actually right next to Elden Root. So, so if you head over to Grotwood and then to Elden Root, we're in a small tavern called the Outside Inn. Come on in. If you do come in, you know, please watch your audio and your spell effects. Uh, we've had a few. We've had a few people already. Kind of, kind of snap that rule up a little bit. But uh, are you they're... mad at my my summoning? Uh, no, <laughs> but uh, we're we're good now. So everyone's being. <laughs> can I can I just point something out real quick? Yeah, Th- that Argonian in that corner. Um, his his or her name is needs many speeds. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Not even <laughs> 
So whoever that person is, uh, you just got the huge G award for the week. No, no, no. No, he didn't. You don't like that. <laughs> no, he didn't. He uh, got the get the hell out of here award. Aww. <laughs> Crispy, what about you? How, when it comes to the mechanics of of the game, how, how does it uh, how does it feel for you? Actually, I was looking at the environment, and it reminds me a lot of Oblivion. With the reminds you a lot of Oblivion. You're saying? Yeah. Because it's very modern and green and woodsy. Yeah, especially around around here in uh, in in the Aldmeri Dominion. Yeah, for sure, exactly. absolutely. If you go to another covenant, and I mean the Daggerfall Covenant, it looks very Morrowindish, but it's supposed to. So. Yeah, ex- yeah, I I see what you're saying. Um, okay, and uh, let's see. So so Lou, how does how does this game feel to you as far as the other Elder Scrolls games are concerned? Well, initially, uh, when I first logged on to the PTS, it reminded me a little bit of how Skyrim performs. Okay, how how the initial control scheme for Skyrim is. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I've done since I was most familiar with that, since you know, been playing Skyrim since it came out, the first thing I did on the PTS and when the game went live is I remapped everything to the way I play Skyrim. So even though I've got the I can say a typical MMO layout that everyone's seen so far, or if you had a chance to see it on the live stream, my what my UI looks like. The way I handle my character, though, everyone who's played Skyrim will feel familiar with it. Okay, obviously with the WASD movement keys, uh, Q with the quick slotting, okay, E with using you know using things, all right, and of course the the looking around with the mouse, how that's tied in. So. That's what the that's what the game feels like to me. What ESO feels to me, it reminds me closely to what Skyrim handles. I had a I have an idea. Mm. Um, I think if we go person by person and bullet point by bullet point on this, I think what we're going to end up doing is is drawing the conversation out far uh, far more than than is necessary, um, or or is is you know than than intended. So why why don't we do this? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to start. Okay. And I want everyone to, to maybe think about, about what we have here written down and, and think about how this game plays to you in relationship to the other Elder Scrolls games that you've played in your experience. And, and what we're going to do is, um, use our, our bulleted system here in the notes as a guide to maybe refresh your memory, but really just, just tell me and the listeners, um, how Elder Scrolls Online compares to Elder Scrolls games in your experience and what you like about that and dislike about, about that, if anything at all. So, so like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll go first to give you guys a, a moment to, to sort of think, cause we are, we are doing this on the fly. Uh, it's a good idea, dude. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so, so let's, let's, uh, I, let's, let's get, uh, let's get down and dirty with it. Um, in in regards to uh, you know the mechanics, to me, I've made this game feel like Skyrim. But what I what I appreciate is the fact that I can make this thing feel like like an MMO as much as I possibly want it to. I could also make it feel like Oblivion or or Morrowind. Even if I put in the correct add-ons, I can make this thing feel more like Morrowind than an MMO. 
which I find absolutely amazing. Um, just a case in point, and and I'm I'm actually glad we're in game that we can do this because because check this out. If I bring up my UI, um, I downloaded uh, now you know I've I've downloaded a, a, a mod called Harvin's Quest Journal, and I've mapped it to my J key that normally brings up your Quest Journal. Mm-hmm. Well, when I hit the J key, look at that, a journal comes up, and this feels and looks exactly like the Quest Journal that you get in Morrowind. And I, I, I just I love it for that. I, I really do. I, I think it's just it's absolutely amazing. It feels excellent. That hey. that parchmenty feel. See, it's funny you say that because I mean I I uh, for some reason I actually don't have that uh, add-on running for me right now. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe because I had an outdated one. But you know when I when I see that it feels. And yeah, I mean, I know in, in Morrowind, you specifically, I mean, you literally have a journal in Morrowind. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very, very text heavy. Um, but what, yeah, what I see. Yeah, and you can't sort by like dates or anything. It's just all there as soon as you get it. It's like you just flip through all the pages to get to any quest that you want. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Um, and so when I see, you know, Varwin, you know, has his journal and that specifically, not necessarily the journal so much, but that, that parchment sort of feel. And it it strongly reminds me of Oblivion for some reason. It's re- literally just that parchment feel, even though the the journal itself is a much you know more important and bigger consideration. It just I, I like that about that that the UI from Oblivion was that no matter what you looked at, you have that you're looking at some scroll, you're looking at some pages, and um, when you know as you see on the stream here, he's got the journal open and he's just flipping through it here. I, I really it's. I mean, you, you to me, it feels like Oblivion, where you're just thumbing through, like you're in this sort of world. Even though obviously this is a Morrowind add-on, but it's cool. I like it. I really, I can really appreciate something like that. Oh, it's it's definitely great, and I I love that about this game. Um, so so the other thing that I I suppose you really interact with a lot is is of course the um the the user interface, the the HUD, the heads-up display. Um. It it feels a, a tremendous a, a tremendous like a, tre- a tremendous amount like uh, a mod that was in Skyrim. Uh, what was what was the name of of that Sky story? UI? Sky UI. It feels a lot like that, and I love the simplicity of that. So again, there's another thing that just reminds me of of Skyrim. So so right now, this game to me, just on these couple of points. It feels a lot like Skyrim, but hey, you know what? When we go to the map, what do I love about this map? It's not Skyrim. You feel the technology behind this map like you do in like like you do in Skyrim's map. Skyrim's map is very clean and you can feel the technology in it. Mm-hmm. But it looks GPS, dude. <laughs> yeah. But it looks like it looks like a it looks like parchment. Mm-hmm. It looks like a real map, like you would get in Morrowind or Oblivion. So I appreciate the Oblivion esque feel that I get from from this map. And you know what? It doesn't. Um, you get quick, roads. Really quick, if we have the choice of between calling it Morrowind esque or Oblivion esque, can we go to Morrowind esque? Yeah. Shut up, Dave. Okay. No, Dave. No. Please, because well, I, no. I I feel that calling out the better game is probably a good thing. Dave, you're you're out of your element, Dave. <laughs> 
Well, you know what? Dave's not 100% wrong on this. Because no, he's wrong. Just, just <laughs> yeah. It does. Wow, talk about a balanced campaign here. Jeez. Look. It's okay. They can have as many people on their side as they want. I'm still right. You have the numbers. The, uh, the, the fact is, is that... Um, you know, Marwin, Marwin's map had had some functionality in there that was a little tough to access when it came to Oblivion. So, uh, you know, did I, Marwin's map have uh, roads on there? I honestly don't know. Yeah, it did. OK, yeah, it had roads on there. Cool. Uh, what I, one thing I, I, I want to point out real quick, uh, something that I appreciate about this map more than Oblivion's map is, I mean, and you're, you're thumbing through it right now, but. Guess what? The cities are not just automatically labeled on your map. I mean, yeah, I guess if you know if you hover over certain areas, it will say, "Okay, this is Skywatch. This is First Hold." But it's not automatically calling out saying, "Hey, you guys, here's a city. Here, you can automatically travel to it right now, just straight off the bat." It it, it gives you that, and this is something that I appreciated about Morrowind was that you you had to you know you had to go there, you had to find it. Um. That's really that's one of the things I really like about this map too. It's it's really cool. Exactly. I uh, I really I I love you guys. Know I love the map. I pulled and pulled and pulled and whined and complained and bitched and moaned for the longest time while this game was in beta about a map that felt like parchment, felt like a map, and I and we finally got it. And I just I, I got to call it out every single time I have the chance. I adore it. It, it is great. Um, I love the MMO feel of of the the group and uh, the contact and guild interface. Um, I think the the guild interface could could be expanded upon. Of course, uh, it's, it's very bare bones, but you know, moving on from that, I get a lot of MMO feel, and I I do like that. And um, I also like the idea that that the mail system is attached to your UI, not necessarily a physical box you have to go to in game. Um, so those those are some things that that I like about. Uh, this game, as far as the interface goes, uh, character systems, character creation, and uh, and the class system. <laughs> you know, it took me a while to to sort of figure out that that uh, the class system in this game really feels kind of like a scaled down version of um, of uh, of what's in the other Elder Scrolls games. You know, Oblivion, Morrowind, Daggerfall, Arena. You know, you have classes. Yeah, sure, you can you could choose to build your own class. You can do that, but you have classes in those games, and they went away from it in Skyrim. And I don't necessarily think that was a good idea. I think and that what you choose as a class doesn't really matter as you progress as a character. No. I think that was a good idea. What I don't think was a good idea was completely leaving the the option of let me choose a class in this game. But give me a template to pick from. I think pushing oh. that to the side. For for those because it was it was always such an an Elder Scrolls trope to have that. Just give me a template. That was always a part of Elder Scrolls, and yeah, you know, a lot of pe- a lot of Elder Scrolls fans didn't even use it in the first place. But I think a lot of Elder Scrolls fans missed it when it left in Skyrim. So, um, I see yeah, this game I, as bringing that back in a little bit. Go ahead, Jank. Yeah, there's one thing I wanted to specifically with the classes is I, I 
of course, you know, I, I haven't played, you know, Morrowind and prior, but yes, they do have the class systems. And the class system that I personally experienced in Oblivion was I really liked it. Um, because like like you said, Avarwin, you know, I, I, I made a custom class, but you have all those templates and you can use those templates as a kind of a guide and say, okay, well, this template, this has this, and but this class has this, so maybe, like, you know, if I combine these, I can get something cool here. Um, and that's what I like about this game is that you, you have those four classes, but they're not, they're really not rigid. You know, they're not, they're not like Oblivion where you have to only level up your, those seven major skills and that's it. It's a lot more free in this game. And that combined with just how deep the skill system is, because I don't know about you guys. But whenever I get a skill point, I agonize over how to spend it for like 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. there, there's like you really need to think about it. Just like a normal Elder Scrolls game. Absolutely. You know, you're, so, you're presented with uh, a tremendous amount of choice and it paralyzes you. And, and hey, that's a, that's a rookie Elder Scrolls feeling. And it's, it's a great thing to see somebody have that. I was very excited when Jenny went through it. And, uh, you know, it, it made me it made me proud, and uh, believe it or not, in a strange way, it made me proud. And and now, you know, she she looks at it and, and laughs and says, you know, I see I see some of my friends go through that, and she feels the same sort of pride, like you're you're taking your first step in a larger world that you have no idea you're about to explore, and it's a wonderful feeling. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, I I love how deep the skill system is because like. I think it's easy enough to like navigate, but to really to make that choice of what do you want to put because you really need to put some forethought into it because it, it will you know it will affect how how you want to you know play for the next at least in the short term right. and how you want to set up your character. So and, and this is funny because like I think the, the class system feels like a slightly pared down because it's four classes in this game. But at the same time, it feels more open because it's not as rigid as Oblivion. And on the flip side, the skill system, that was something I liked about Skyrim, was that you have all those perks. Well, how do you want to spend that perk point? You have all this choice, you know? Um, so in that regard, like that, those, I, I, I like how that kind of, the, those character systems, they do, they, it, to me personally, just because I haven't played the other older games, it, they feel like a good merging of uh, Oblivion's class system and Skyrim's skill choice and all that other uh, stuff that you have to really consider when leveling up in that game. Uh, right. Uh, so, so then, uh, combat to me feels feels very similar. It's it's very responsive, like it was in Skyrim. All right. I could get long on this, and and there's more that I can compare. Um, but I, I think in the end, when it comes to me. Uh, I think this game feels a very much like Skyrim, but has echoes of the rest of the Elder Scrolls games in it, even as far back as Arena. Oh, what are you talking about, Avar, when you're an idiot? What do you mean? Uh, am I an idiot? All right, well, oh, guess what? Check this out, and Crispy's about to validate me. <laughs> I can go anywhere I want to in this world with the Way Shrine system, just like you could in Arena. I love that echo from the past in this game. Wait, like into the other alliances or just like anywhere that here you, you're saying here? Eventually you can go into the other alliances. Dude, okay, see, I did not know that Arena had that way shrine system, like that yeah. traveling way shrine. That's awesome. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. That's really cool. Uh, Crispy, on some of the things that, that we have here in the notes, 
All right. How does how does this game feel to you as compared to the rest of the games in the series? Yeah, like I said before, like the environment definitely in the old Mary Dominion feels like Oblivion. Yeah, the uh, environment feels a bit a lot like Oblivion. But when maybe uh, maybe you can answer this one um, as far as the combat goes. I mean, is there a specific game uh, as, the, as far as the combat goes that you you sort of grab a little bit more? Because I, I can't pick, but uh, maybe maybe there's something you're seeing that that uh, the rest of us aren't. It mostly to me feels like Skyrim. Um, because they got rid of the soft locking. Because the soft locking in Skyrim feels a lot like that? No, because they got rid of that, and so it doesn't feel so much like that anymore. Okay, so Skyrim because they got the rid of because they got rid of the soft locking system, you're saying it, it doesn't feel like Skyrim anymore. No, it feels more like Skyrim, because Skyrim didn't have a soft lock feature, right? They do have soft lock in ESO. They don't have hard locking. Oh, my fault. You what? can tab target. It puts a soft lock on a character on an enemy to highlight them, but it it doesn't actually cause you to be locked on to the enemy. Oh, I didn't even know you could do that. That's probably why it feels like Skyrim to me because I point and shoot. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. I, I I see. I know what I know what you're trying to call out that. You know, you can put the reticle on an enemy and just kind of, you know, point and shoot or swing away. And, and, you know, whatever that's called in this game or the other game, like, that makes makes it feel more like Skyrim's combat. That's that's essentially what you're trying to say. That, that free-form aim where you want to shoot feel? Exactly, yeah. 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 All right. And, like, if you, if you hit something and you mean to hit a right when you when you hit something you mean to hit it kind of like Marwin. <laughs> um all right as far as like the character systems go how how uh like when you build your character in in elder scrolls online is there a particular a particular game that uh you you you, you sort of feel come about when you're building your character You feel anything at all, like maybe uh, from from Oblivion or, or for Skyrim? Sorry, you're talking to me again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I no. guess maybe I didn't call that out, but uh, yeah, yeah. Is there is there any like one particular game that that you're that you Not get at all. from? Yes, it was completely different from all three. I, I think, in my opinion, you have so more. Yeah, there's a lot. There's choices. a lot more choice. You're saying. Oh my god! Like tenfold. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so Lou, what about you? You've been you've been quiet over there. Any on this list that we that we have, you know, why don't you kind of run through it a little bit and give us your your uh, opinion? Well, I'll start off with the you know, the, the latest topic here with the the character creation, the character systems. Yeah, the character creation. I have to say, it doesn't bring up any so much to any of the previous test games because obviously with this, with the engine DOS is using and the technology behind the game. It, you gave the they gave the players so many choices, all right. That the test games, single player test games, couldn't deliver to you unless you modded the game, all right. That you had to depend on the mod community to to give to you, like the like for example, all my Skyrim games. You know what I use? I use CBBE for the bodies, okay. Apache Sky here for hair, all right, and tons of different uh, armor mods and weapons mods, okay. Uh, so for, for that character, character creation, say you know ESO it stands on its own. 
I, I don't compare it to the other Tez games because the other Tez games have nothing close to it uh, that reminds me of, you know, that I can compare it to. Um, it's a nice new thing they brought in to the Tez universe. Um, with the class systems, yeah, I kind of missed that in Skyrim because I was used to seeing that in, in Oblivion. Okay? And, of course, playing Arena and Daggerfall and Morrowind, as you mentioned before, you know, I liked... If I didn't use them, but at least I knew I had the templates there to look at. Alright, to give me an idea of what I may want to, to play. Alright, or... Or at least check out. And, and I guess, in the end, make my own class with different pieces from other classes that I've seen and try and make it work. Um, and what else can I talk? Oh, well... The HUD, HUD and UI, obviously we've seen what my UI looks like. <laughs> yeah, but, in, but yeah, but, in, but initially, again, you know, I did play it a la Skyrim style. Pure, you know, just the compass was the only thing it displayed. And obviously, well, and the, the one, the single quest that displayed in the top right. Because I, I did want to see what, was, what I was doing. All right. And then, of course, the, the fading out of the action bars and, and the chat. So again, I, I made that to tailor that to, to Skyrim because I know I could do that there, and I brought it here, and that's what I liked about it. you know I had the ability to, to put it on or put it off. Um, combat though, mm. combat I, I don't know it, it. I would say probably reminds me a lot of Skyrim's, okay. Someone of Oblivion's, but I do like the fact that over time, Zoss has made changes to where when you do, when you gauge combat here in, in ESO. It's a little harder to nail that one down because the, yeah. the combat is just so reminiscent of every other Elder Scrolls game that's out there. I mean, all the way back to Arena. Right, right. And, and even though with today's technology, with the, with the engine behind the game, I, even, you know, I think Rage pointed it out a while ago, it feels more visceral. Okay, when you're actually swinging your weapons now, you know, you'll actually get to see and, and hear that physical contact, you know. You know, you'll see your opponent stagger, you know, you'll see that effect. And I, and I think that's what that's one thing I do love about combat in this game. Um, it, in fact, to me, it feels more visceral. Like, you know, if I'm playing a melee character, I know I'm hitting my, my target, you know, or even my, my caster. You know, I see the effect, you know, I, I can see or almost feel the effect of a, I guess, a light attack from a fire, you know, Inferno staff hitting that target, you know. Or seeing the trail of frost come from the, uh, the frost staff hitting my target. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I like. You know, the little visuals help and, and seeing that adds a little nuance to combat. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm actually making a difference. Instead of just, you know, looking for numbers or just looking at the target's health bar going out. So, so uh, here's here's a big thing. I think we've all kind of kind of covered most of the topics that we've got here, with the exception of the exploration and the and the intangibles, um, which I want to get into right now, very quickly. Um, exploration. I love the exploration in this game. I, I think it's it's exactly where it needs to be for an MMO that is boasting the Elder Scrolls title. Um, 
If if in a perfect world I would put more landmass in this game, yes, more than already exists, and I know there's more in this game than uh, than in any of the single player games. But when you when you cram a lot into it, it feels smaller. So if I in a perfect world, okay, it would be great if there was more like open spaces to just let the world show me its character in. I don't necessarily need a world crammed with villages, cities, wandering NPCs, and enemies everywhere. Um, a true, you know, uh, if you're if you're able to get it on, if you're able to get it in the game, you know, a true Elder Scrolls game is going to have a vast expanse of just nothing. That's what the ty- that's what the series has always brought as far as games go. This is an MMO though, so you really can't have that because of the amount of people playing the game with you at the same time, trying to progress through the same area with the same quests, trying to earn a certain amount of experience to to level up at a certain kind of hour rate this way, you know, they don't get bored with the content. There, there's a lot that goes into just, you know, all of that. So, so I get it. And I understand. And I think for an MMO that is an Elder Scrolls game, I think it's right where it needs to be. I think it's 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 perfect. That being said, um, I think it feels to me a more like um, more like Skyrim than in density. It feels like Skyrim in density, and like Oblivion in um, in art. Not art style, but in um, geography, yeah. topography. Yeah, that's it. I, I on that, I hundred percent agree with you. It because and and I and I really do believe it's because we're in the Old Mary Dominion, which is just I mean, Valenwood is just naturally forested, and a huge you know fifty percent of a, of Cyrodiil is the Great Forest, <laughs> which is all trees. Um, so yeah, I, I do think you know as far as density goes, Skyrim is definitely more dense. I think in terms of just uh, you know just things in it relative to Oblivion, and so I, I, I totally agree with that, man. It, it feels like it has Skyrim's density in terms of like villages and other stuff in there, but topography, geography, and Crispy said you know even like the the the, the way it looks, the environment, the art, it's reminiscent of uh, Oblivion for me. Um, and, and you know, as I said earlier, like, what did I do on last Saturday? I, all I did for an hour and a half, two hours ish, was just explore. That's all I did. And if you actually saw how much I explored, what you would actually notice is how much I didn't explore. How much of the map I still had blank. And that's something Lou pointed out. He was like, "So, are you going to go back and do all the rest of the stuff?" And I said, "Yeah, eventually I will." But if somebody like me, if somebody, if a pure explorer like me could spend two hours and still not explore the majority of the map. I think that says something about the amount of stuff you can discover, just sheer pure discovery in this game. And I, I really do appreciate that feeling. Um, you know, one of the things we asked last week was the draw distance, which I think, it, I mean, it's going to be improved. They, they basically said it. Once they get that, I, I can't even be, I cannot imagine like how much 
more of that of Arwen. You, you were talking about that expansive sort of feel, you know, just that that vast expanse. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I feel like you know once they bring in the draw distance improvements, it's only going to help that, and no, so you, yeah. you you can just see yeah. it and be like, okay, so wow, so that's where I'm going. You're you're a hundred percent right. Um, so so crispy, uh, on 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 the exploration. Just, I guess, maybe just real quick, call out one game that the exploration sort of feels like the most to you. Um, I think just the fact that you can like earn XP from exploring new territories is just every single game. So, so, so just the fact that that you can earn XP from roaming the territories, it, it feels like what? Like any TES game, I think they all any give test you game. XP for that, right? Uh, I, I believe so. I mean, I, I yeah, well, I mean, definitely. Uh, no, 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 they, they actually don't. Uh, if you discover something, you don't necessarily get experience for it. Um, it's only like, scar. uh, I don't, I don't think so, man. You just, you, you, it's not like, and that, that's, see, that's what I liked about ESO was the fact that they literally reward you with experience points for finding stuff. And they don't do that in the previous games, and that's why I was like, okay, so that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that's oh, I really man. liked it. Then I'm totally wrong, and I apologize. No, that's cool. That that's totally fine. I mean, I think, but I think, see, I think, I think that's a good thing though, because if anything, like if if Elder Scrolls is about exploration, if that's a component, why not reward people for it? And guess what? ESO does. I think I just assumed they did because that's what it's all about. Yeah. See, and you would think that. So your assumption isn't wrong. Um, <laughs> Because you're like, well, of course they would. Why wouldn't they? Um, but I think, yeah, I, I think that says something about the quality of the exploration, I think, in this game. Oh, uh, Dave and then Lou, as far as exploration goes. What's exploration? All right, Lou. Oh, my so God. What's- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that is one of the aspects of this game I do I do like. Like you, like others mentioned before, like you and Shank have said that... Uh, you know, exploration was an important aspect of all the previous Tez games, and they carried it over here to ESO, which is fun. And yeah, and to boot, they give you experience uh, for discovering stuff. You know, give you that extra incentive. Yeah, if you want, if you like to explore, if that's part of your your game style, like Shanks. Yeah, you know what? Hey, they're going to give you something for it. Um, I see as a cross between what you know what they give you in Skyrim, even though in Skyrim you didn't really get. Uh, get much, uh, I guess, experience from it. Well, at least I never noticed my bar. But at least here, you'll see something tangible that'll pop up. Um, which, I, again, which I like because it rewards the player that wants to go out there, that wants to be curious, that may want to bypass quests on purpose just to see what's around the corner. You know, just to see what the coast looks like. You know, what's on the coast? You know, I do, and I, you know, I, that's one thing I like about this game. I do enjoy doing all my characters. You know, even though I have all my alts, I have no problems exploring the entire map over again. So, so Dave, any anything on that? Uh, you're <laughs> not going to like my opinion on this. I I love everyone's opinion. <clears throat> it uh, it's your opinion, and just because it's different from everyone else's doesn't make it any more or less valid than than mine or somebody else's. It's a glaring irritant that I feel that would push me away if it wasn't so simple to just fill in the map. <laughs> like, I'm actually confused. So, like, what do you mean, fill, just like? Fill I wish in? I wish the map was just there, or there was some way for me to just purchase the map 
because I find it just purely annoying that I have to go looking for stuff. You know what? No, 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 no. See, I, I have a friend who one of my best friends actually plays like you, Dave. Um, so I can totally see them having some option for, you know, those types of players where if you don't want to explore, I, I genuinely don't. It, it no, annoys no, no, but, me so much. What, like, I don't see what's uh, wrong with that. So like if you're taking a road today. trip to Seattle, like buy a map to Seattle and like here's how you get there. Well, I figure <laughs> if I'm standing next to someone who has a filled in map, I can't peek over and look at their map occasionally. No, don't don't cheat on my map, bro. Get out of here. Well, forget you. No. Uh, the big thing <laughs> The big thing is like uh today, me and Avarwin were searching, scouring Reaper's March, looking for one of the the last uh, group outdoor bosses that we needed, and we finally stumbled upon it. But it took forever. It ended up we were looking for so long one time that Avarwin had to log out because it was taking so long to find the damn thing. <laughs> it was time to vacuum the house. So yeah, it, <laughs> but it, I, I just it, it's annoying. It's a nuisance. It's not something that helps me at all. It makes me oh. Well, you spent this much time playing the game. No, the hell I didn't. I wandered aimlessly without getting anything done. That pisses me off. That doesn't make me happy. <laughs> or maybe this way, Dave, a compromise would be, obviously, uh, for like fantasy games, that's part of, uh, I guess, how they work it into, I guess, the newness or the discoverer, the explorer faction, you know, part exactly. of the game. It- you know, but, but by the same token, you know, when you buy a map, when you get a map, you assume to have everything on it. So why not just give the player the information regardless and say, all right, yes, you know where everything is in Ardon. You know where everything is in Glenumbra. However, you will not get the actual experience for discovering it till your ass gets there. But isn't your map like your journal? Like you don't figure it out until you get there? I always feel like I was drawing it in the map. Or indicate that there's something in that general area that I haven't discovered yet. Not give me the full, completely drawn map with no markers on it. So, okay, no, I I actually can see this as viable because, well, especially especially because this is an MMO, there's gonna be players on like extremes on both sides, and like for that for that group of people that just don't care about you know wandering and really just want to do the content, not necessarily the exploration piece. I can see I can see them you know implementing a map with just locations on it. I don't know how they would treat it because well, in this game you know you do get experience I, I don't know how they would treat as far as what the devs have put into the game um i i think i think it's perfect i i love it i love it and i don't want it to change but you know dave you can you can go out there and get add-ons that are going but, to unlock everything on the map for you yeah but that's cheating why so <laughs> why is it cheating is, but okay, why is it cheating when thing, you get an it's add-on one thing if the game <laughs> makes it so that it, it it's doable. Uh-huh. It's another thing if someone has to go and make an add-on for it. Yeah, but like, it's, it's the I have same an add-on thing. to show me all of the sky shards. Right. But that's cheating. And I feel bad about it. I lose sleep <laughs> at night, I promise. But it, it, I shouldn't have to have that. That should be one of those things where you hover over an area it says, somewhere in this area there's a sky shard you're missing. That's a, a, a part of the convenience that I would they do oh, have. Would that. some of they be in this? They do have something like that. If you go into the uh, if you go into the the user interface, 
in the library. You mean for the achievements? Yeah. Area? It gives you a that hint. That is a pain in the in the <laughs> rear. <laughs> it, but it's something. It's it's just the same as if you were to open up the map. And actually, those over. are really fun. The, they are. They give you the hints, I, but I, yeah, I really like them. Actually, they're cool. They're, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but that's beside the point. For, pa- fact is, is that I am cheating on on having a thing to find that. But I, I don't. It's one of those things that yes, that's a cheat. Sh- I feel like you really shouldn't have to have an add-on for. That's a quality of life thing that, yeah, that's nice, fine and dandy for the people who are explorers and like going out there and doing that. Yeah. I don't. It's just a headache. It's just a waste of time 90% of the time. So you're, right. you're just, you basically just want like a built in in game option. Yeah. Or at least somewhere I can go to purchase the map. Well, I mean, they, they don't have the, in- I mean, I, I can understand calling for an in game option. That's that, that I would be as, as a, as a player who feels exactly the opposite as you do, I would I would be cool with that too. But I mean, they don't have the in-game option right now. And sure, we could call for it on this show, and maybe they'll put it in, and maybe they won't. But I mean, you have you. It's not cheating if you go to you know ESOUI or wherever else they have you know add-ons, and you get an add-on that just opens all that stuff up for you. That wouldn't necessarily be cheating because. It's. It doesn't mean that you instantly win in all that content just because you know where it is. It just means you instantly know where all of that content is. And if you can explain it through through role playing and say, you know, my character comes from here and just happens to know where these locations are and has a map. How many times do you open up a New York City map and there's nothing on there and it just says, "Go find the Empire State Building." <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, let me let me play it up. All right, ready for my RP? Yeah, do it. My character is Catman, <laughs> highly advanced in technology, and Googled the map. There you go. Nothing wrong with it. He pulled it up on his uh, BlackBerry, his elderberry <laughs> BlackBerry, his his elderberries. <laughs> all right guys so i want to i want to finish this up in the next five minutes the intangibles all right number one what i can't put my finger on gee whiz folks this game looks completely different than the rest of the series i can't put my finger on it but you know what i love it anyway why is it so elder scrolls because it doesn't look like every other game in the series in fact Show me two games that look exactly like the other ones in the series. And if you I tell got, me I Arena got, and Daggerfall, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you in the face. <laughs> I got two. I got two. Arena and my modded Skyrim. There's literally no difference. Uh, okay, but that's modded. Skyrim. It runs at a very smooth 14 <laughs> FPS at 174. <laughs> even even Arena and Daggerfall are are different looking because no, they're, they're not the. St- same. They're not. They're all wildly different because they're all in different parts of Tamriel. Right. They're wildly different, and the the art style in these games are different. The, mm-hmm. the Skyrim and Oblivion are completely different. There is no way that you can compare those two games in art style. Just One is very very warm. The other is that very yeah. crisp, cool northern feeling. Right. Uh, go ahead. Morrowind and 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 Oblivion. Probably the two games in this series that look the most alike. Even oh, still. I would I would actually argue against that because one is very very, you know, uh, yeah, medieval. Morwen's very dark too. Well, yeah, Morwen's got all those mushrooms and like high fantasy stuff. That, that, yeah, they, they, I agree though. Like, really, aren't two games in the series so far? 
that are the same, visually not the same. Well, there is Minecraft and Oblivion. <laughs> Jesus. Dave? I am, I am literally... <laughs> give, give it to I him, am, Crispy. You tell him what's up. <laughs> I am going to kill Catman. <laughs> You're going to kill the Catman. Uh, the, the intangibles. Uh, Crispy, I wanna, I'm going to call you out in just a minute and ask you what it is about this game. You can't quite put your finger on, but you, you either you, you love it or hate it. Uh, but I want to I want to go to Shank first, uh, probably because he's going to talk long enough for you to come up with something. <laughs> I, you know what? I I actually don't quite know because it has elements of the the other two games that I've played. It has many of the elements, and some of them they mix and they work very very well. So there's I, I just I don't know like what exactly it maybe maybe it's Maybe it's you know the, the the audio, because that really does conjure up some very specific feelings. When you know me, I'm, I'm out exploring and I hear a certain track come on, and I find myself humming it, and that's what I do with the other games. I'll just hum the music as it's showing up, uh, you know, as it you know comes on. I just I don't know. There there's some feeling that, and I I really do think it's the way that they're handling rewarding you for discovering the world like literally the world itself and i think that's the intangible for me is is the world because it it feels living and it feels alive but there's something about it that just fits perfectly within the universe in my opinion and i and i think that's i think for me that's it what do you think crispy what what is it about this game that you can't quite put your finger on but uh you either love it or hate it um, honestly, like, I've been sitting in this inn. This you've been, alright, so honestly, you've been, you've been sitting in this inn for, for a little while, and... And just watching the people watching us? Uh-huh, watching the people watch us. Am, is my mic that bad? It, it is, but we're getting through it. It's, it's alright. It's, look, this is... <laughs> Power through it. I gotta, I gotta, first of all, I gotta apologize to you that, you know... We we thought we had this this whole audio thing buttoned up without a problem, and then of course you know what happens when you go live, everything just goes to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> uh, so you know, you, first of all, uh, you're doing fantastic. By the way, you're really holding up. You're you're uh, you're doing what you can. Um, I can only imagine. You know, if I were in your position, I'd I'd probably be you know a nervous wreck right now because I have been in your position and I was a nervous wreck. And then to have your your audio issues on top of it, like it would. It would kill me, and you're so you're doing a fantastic job. I really appreciate you hanging in there, and uh, like I said, no worries. We're gonna we're gonna get through this together. And for the listeners out there, I, I you know I apologize. You know, um, we we have we've got technical issues, but uh, you know, thanks for hanging in there, and and uh, we appreciate you giving giving Crispy your your support. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so all right. So you're sitting in the end. You're watching everyone watch us, and it's it's a great community moment, by the way. I'm trying to give everyone their their due by kind of going in first person and looking around. Uh, but as you as you look around the the inn here, what are you uh, sort of noticing? It's really cool because I know these are all people that are actually playing the game. You're you're noticing what? That these are all actual people, like playing yes, characters. yeah, they're Not all just- actual people. Yeah, not just NPCs. Mm-hmm. And they're like sitting here, like watching us, and and doing stuff. And and uh, so they're they're all they're all actual people and not NPCs. <laughs> and it makes it feel really fun for me. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, the 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 one thing you can't quite put your finger on is is just um companionship. Knowing that Very you're part good. of a community. Yes. Yeah. Knowing that uh the the people that you can connect with on on forums about about a, an Elder Scrolls game is is the very same person that uh, you know happened to happen to jump in on a fight that maybe you know midway through you thought you, maybe you were thinking you didn't you didn't uh, you weren't going to make it through you know what that happened to me today I was I was running around in in Reaper's March and I I I pulled a guy that I thought hey you know this is not going to be an issue for me I'm a tank I can heal myself yeah well guess what halfway through the fight it looked like I was probably going to die if it wasn't for this 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 badass nightblade that just showed up out of nowhere oh hush <laughs> it wasn't you Dave <laughs> uh that showed up out of nowhere and just started pop potting popping shots at this at this guy um this uh this colossus and guess what it gave me a minute to take a step back swap into my heel spec heal up for a minute all right get back in the fight and i i pulled the guy away from from the nightblade and we finished the guy we we finished the mob off together and you know what we both had a moment there where we stood and cheered and thanked each other and did a little rp salute and and that was it it's great you know and and when crispy says you know it, I, I look around the room and i see all these uh all these people just you know watching us talk about this game that's that that's that thing about elder scrolls online that you can't quite put your finger on you're enjoying the company, and, and you don't really notice it sometimes, and it's a wonderful thing to call it out. Uh, Lou, some of the things that you can't quite put your finger on. Well, one of the things Nintendo's I do like very much so about ESO is, I always say, you know, we've all come from Skyrim lately, right? And we were just confined to Skyrim, right, to the holds of Skyrim. And when I first started playing ESO, well, PTS and live, and then now having the ability to travel all the lands, all right, seeing all this stuff, you know, all the areas, seeing the different styles of architecture um, that they were able to put in, the cultural differences. Okay, to me, so a lot of people, folks, that, that may be something small, but to me, that's really big in terms of. You know, make me feel like I'm part of the Elder Scrolls world. Like, yeah, you know what? I'm in the Land of the Elves. I'm in the Somerset Isles because I know that you'll only see these trees, plants, these flowers, this style of building here. You know, makes you feel a part of that of the, the, that part of the world. Okay, and then knowing a short boat trip and a short walk, now Shank's proven it. You know, you'll see the differences grow. And expand when you see the Bosma areas, okay. And then now, when I first made Venom rank, being able to hop in to the Avon Harpact areas and seeing what Stone Falls, what they made Stone Falls look like. All right, right. Uh, you know stuff that we, we haven't really seen details since maybe you know Morrowind, right? And some small details, as well with an Oblivion. Okay, that's something to me that you know. That you know, it may seem tangible to a lot of folks. To me, that's that's something that's uh, small at the outset, but in the end, it does make you feel like you're actually part of the world in itself. Okay, somebody called the immersion factor. To me, that just ends more more credence to the game. Saying, so, yeah, you know what? They went out of way to say 
they want you to explore all Tamriel. Hell, they made Tamriel for you. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, let's let's uh, let's move on from uh, from the discussion. Uh, everyone had had fantastic points, of course, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on. Uh, unless, of course, there's anything else that anyone else wants to call out. Actually, I think I have one. Okay, what's that? Um, which is something that you and I spoke about this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things that I, I really had some time to think about after we spoke about it. It's one of those things that I loved in Skyrim, and and. It became a love-hate thing after a while, but then again, it was the same thing here. Uh, in fact, I've been I've been kicking and screaming over it, but it's the one thing that keeps drawing me back in. But it's the same thing that has me throwing a fit every time I play the game. Varwin, I know I know you know what I'm talking about. It's crafting. Ah, uh, yeah. I I love it. But at the same time, I hate it. But at the same time, it brings me back into the game every time. But at the same time, it's the reason I rage quit out of the game. So it's one of those things that I really feel is the spark of ESO. But I don't know why. (laughs) I can't put my finger on it. Because now you can finally play the game. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Good point. There's there's something about there's something about crafting, something intangible about crafting that's just so ESO. Maybe maybe it's the freedom of choice. Maybe it's maybe that's part of it. Maybe. Well, our show is brought to you in part by Audible, guys. Audible.com. Great place to go if you're if you're into audiobooks. Uh, definitely check out Audible.com. They uh, they work great on your mobile device, that's for sure. And if you if you would like a free audiobook, well, here's here's a link for you: AudibleTrial.com/slash/QuestGamingNetwork. That's the link you're going to need in order to get your special 30 day free trial. Uh, we would recommend, of course, of course, uh, Infernal City and Lord of Souls. Either these are the Elder Scrolls novels, book one and two, by Greg Keyes. Uh, takes place forty years after the Oblivion Crisis. Um, there are there's far more there's far more books out there, of course, that uh, that you'd probably be interested in uh, from all different ki- types of uh, genres and, and uh, writing styles. It's all right there for you on Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash Quest Gaming Network. Download your free book today. Uh, give, a, uh, give, give, a, give a peruse, a browse, if you will, uh, through their inventory. We're, we're going to guarantee you you're going to find something there that uh, you will absolutely love. Hey, you know what? Star Wars Episode Seven's coming out in, uh, what, uh, 2015? End of 2015? Hopefully, if uh, Han Solo can get back on his feet. Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> Um, maybe check Once out his Star- feet out of the Colto tank for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe there's a Star Wars book out there that you, uh, you'd like to check out. It's right there on Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash Quest Gaming Network. And speaking of books, we have The Elder Scroll for you today, right now, in just a moment. Library Bookstore, this is Scott. How may I help you? Yes, you have an Elder Scroll. Hello, and what can I do for you? You have an Elder Scroll. An Elder Scroll? Yes, I'd very much like to have those scrolls. Oh, my. (laughs) All right, and Lou! Take it away, sir. sir. 
Just uh, do me a favor, guys. Um, uh, just everyone, everyone together right now. Just uh, please mute your sound as as Lou gets into today's presentation. All right, and as I promised uh, last week, I'm going to finish up the first era timeline. So this is the first era part two. So in the ninth century, year 800, first era, the earliest date of Waverest City. It is difficult for historians to declare a certain date for the foundation of Waverest. A settlement of some variety had been existent where the Beaujolais River feeds Lake Bay, possibly since the 800 year of the first era. The traders and fishermen of Waverest were surrounded by hostile parties. The ore capital of Ricinium had grown like a poison weed to the north, and the Akaveri pirates and raiders crowded the islands to the west. There is no mystery to Waverest's name. <laughs> After the fighting, most travelers had to endure passing through the eastern end of the Elk Bay. The little fishing village on the Jose was a welcome rest. In year 808, the Red Guards arrive in Hammerfell. The warrior wave of Yakudans, the Rahgada, derives the beast folk and Nidic peoples from Bolenfell. Over time, the name Rahgada becomes corrupted into Red Guard, and the race claims Hammerfell as their homeland. The Beastfolk refugees escape from Hammerfell and join the Arcs at Orsinium. In the 10th century, year 946, we see the creation of Shinji's Credo. Gaiden Shinji is quoted saying his famous Credo, the best techniques are passed on by the survivors. Okay, year 948, the earliest written reference to Wayrest. In the Annals of Dagger Fall, King Zhuo's letter to Gaiden Shinji, the Order of Diagna, contains the following reference. Orcs have been much plaguing the Wayresters and impeding traffic to the heart of the land. Year 950, the assault on Orsinium begins. The annihilation of the Orcish capital Orsinium begins thanks to the joint effort of Diagonal, the new kingdom of Sentinel, and the now extinct Order of Diagna. It took constant effort over 30 years to finally drive out the Orcs. Year 973, the memory stone of Michaela Flecky is found. The memory stone of Michaela Lecky was found in the Bakari Pass. Its contents were written in the book from the memory stone of Michaela Lecky. Michaela and her five companions died defending against an invasion led by King Joel of Dagfall, sponsored by the Crystal Tower. Year 980. Orsinium is defeated. The annihilation of the Orcish capital Orsinium by joint effort of Dagfall, Sentinel, and the Order. The scattering of the Oryx from southeastern High Rock made the river route to the bay more accessible. The tiny village of Wayrest is allowed to prosper. The 11th century, year 1030. The legend of Red Eagle. Reachmen under foul land put up a strong resistance against the incursion of the Alessian Empire into the Reach, though they are ultimately unsuccessful. Year 1033. Alessians take on piracy in Black Marsh. Empress Hestra, fed up with the pirates hiding in the depths of the Black Marsh, calls for the head of the most famous brigand, Red Brahmin, as part of a large campaign. Their incursion provided some of the first outsider accounts on the true culture of the land of Argonians. Year 1085, earliest known appearance of Skingrod in records. Though it is likely much older, Skingrod is first mentioned in ancient genealogical records around this time. Now to the 12th century, year 1100, the Kingdom of Wayrest is founded. After the defeat of Orsinium in year 980 the First Era, trade in Wayrest grew rapidly, and the region is granted the right to be called a kingdom. Year 1102, Saren dies. A minor alien warlord, rumored to be Depotia Molag Ball, 
He is best known for building and losing three separate dominions during his long life. He was killed by an unknown assassin. Year 1152. Earliest known appearance of Bravo in records. Though the aliens had long settled the Bravo region, and humans presumably settled the area soon after displacing them, Bravo is first mentioned in genealogical records around this time. Year 1167. The earliest known appearance of Bruma in records. Though it is likely much older, Bruma is first mentioned in ancient genealogical records around this time. 14th century, really quick, not that much. Year 1301, the sack of Skywatch. The slowed of Thras attacked the city of Skywatch. On to the 15th century, year 1427, the Battle of Dunkray Bridge. The battle between Anticlare and the neighboring hamlet of Sensford. It is celebrated each year by Anticlare with a march down Sensford's main street, usually resulting in many injuries and sometimes brief wars between the town's knightly orders. The battle ultimately achieves nothing, as both sides continue to boast of their own antique lineage. The Dragon Break. The longest known Dragon Break, sometimes called the Middle Dawn, is said to take place across much of Tamriel for 1,008 years. Some scholars think the whole matter was the result of an error in a timeline. It was a timeless time, and from exactly when to when it occurs is unknown. The 23rd century, year 2200, the slowed release of Thracian Plague. For the next several centuries, this brutal plague devastates more than half of Tamriel's population, concentrated along the western coast nearest to Thras. Year 2260, the All Flags Navy. A massive fleet comprised of ships from every nation of Tamriel sails against the Slowed in retribution for the Thracian Plague, sinking their kingdom with mighty magics. The 24th century. Year 2321, the War of Righteousness begins. The War of Righteousness breaks out when Western Cyrodiil isolates itself from the Alessian Empire and establishes the Colovian Estates. This followed years of internal strife within the Alessian Order's bloated priesthood and territorial movements to curtail or outlaw the Order's religion. Year 2331, the War of Righteousness ends. After a decade of conflict, the War of Righteousness concludes and the Alessian Order and Empire are dissolved. The Empire's former territory is solidified in independence and its heartland, Cyrodiil, splits into eastern and western halves that continue to diverge culturally over the following centuries. The 28th century, year 2702, Waver City moves to Gardner's Estate. The entire population of the city is forced to move into the walled estate of the Gardeners as protection against pirates, Akavir raiders, and the Thracian Plague. Year 2703, Akavir Trouble. Say she of Akavir cut a swath through Skyrim and invades Cyrodiil, spurring Reman Cyrodiil to rally the Colombian West and Abedin East. Cyrodiil is united for the first time in centuries. The unified army defeats Akaviri at the Fort Pale Pass along the Cyrodiil-Skyrim border. Year 2714, Valenwood is conquered by the Second Empire. After centuries of unrelenting warfare along the border with Cyrodiil and a plague from Thraz, the land of the Bosmer finally falls to the Second Empire. Year 2762, Emperor Reman I dies. The throne apparently passes to Brazil's door. Year 2790, Jorhain Fear is born. The great Iliad, wild elf sage, Jorhain Fear is born. Year 2794, 
Raymond II is born. He takes the throne some years later. On to the 29th century. Year 2801. Emperor Kostov takes hostages. Emperor Kostov orders the Dragon Guard to seize hostages from Markarth and Haraldin to ensure that the Jarls would meet their conscription quotas. This is the latest in a series of such orders, and the official objections of the Master at Skyhaven Temple are denied per usual. Year 2804. The Winterhold Rebellion. A rebellion breaks out in Winterhold. The Dragon Guard refuses orders to be sent to suppress the revolt as it violates their oath of allegiance. Year 2805, Skyhaven Temple is besieged. An Akaviri commander named Kalyan, rejected from the Dragon Guard, is sent to suppress the Winterhold Rebellion. The locals soon besiege the Dragon Guard's temple in the Reach, as they do not distinguish between Akaviri. The siege is lifted one year later. Year 2811, the Battle of Argonia. The last organized army of Argonians in Black Marsh is defeated by the forces of the Second Empire. They retreat to Hellstrom into the impenetrable center of Argonia where the men and Myrrh wouldn't follow. The following year, Black Marsh would be officially incorporated into the Second Empire. 2812 Raymond II takes the throne. He would later begin the War of Conquest against Morrowind. Some sources claim his accession took place in the year 2806. Year 2812 Construction of Alduin's Wall begins. The Dragon Guard begin construction of an elaborate sculpture called Alduin's Wall at Skyhaven Temple. 2815. Reports of dragons persist in Skyrim. <laughs> Lies. Through the number of dragons Tamriel have been diminishing since the Dragon War, thousands of years before, the Dragon Guard at Skyhaven Temple continues to receive sporadic, unverifiable reports of dragons to the east. 2818. Construction of Alduin's Wall is completed. Emperor Raymond II himself arrives at Skyhaven Temple to officially dedicate the wall and consecrate the blood seal of the temple. Year 2820. Eric of Geese lives amongst the Altmer. The emissary of the Second Empire wrote many vitriolic rants against the denizens of Somerset Isles during this time there. These were later accepted as reliable accounts by human scholars of the Third Era. <laughs> Humans. Year 2837. The province of Blackmarsh is created. The Second Empire succeeds in seizing a large part of the swamplands of Argonia to create the province of Black Marsh. Its provincial status was revoked at the dissolution of the Second Empire. Year 2840. Raymond II declares war Morrowind. The war drags on for 80 years. Year 2851. Raymond II dies. According to the inscription on his tomb in Sacrator, he dies in battle against the Dark Elves. Year 2871. Dragon Guards slay the dragon, wow, Krachotan, in the southern Jaral Mountains. Year 2877, Raymond III takes the throne. Presumably, another emperor or possibly a regent ruled after the death of Raymond II, but no information regarding this person exists. Year 2899, Empress Tavia is accused of treason and imprisoned in Black Marsh. Raymond III, the last emperor of the Raymond dynasty, sends his wife to a prison in Gideon. The 30th century, year 2911. The beginning of the war of the Uvichil. Year 2917 ends the war of the Uvichil. Year 2920, Gilverdale is destroyed by Moloch Ball. The Dajic Prince is summoned by an amateur <gasps> to destroy the entire settlement. Damn him! Year 2920, 
for the last year of the first era. Emperor Riemann, Cyril III, and his son and heir, Julek Cyril, are both assassinated by the Moratong. Yes! This follows the sacking of the Dunmer Fortress of Blackgate, breaking a truce between the Empire and Morrowind. Akiveri Potentate, Versailles-Duché assumes the Imperial Throne and declares the start of the Second Era. Mayrun's Dagon destroys Moro- Mornhold. Almalexia and Sotasil are too late to prevent its destruction, but manage to banish Mayrun's Dagon back to oblivion. And this concludes the First Era timeline, and I want to say thank you to the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, the Elder Scrolls Wiki, and the Imperial Library for having all this information there at my fingertips. Folks, if you enjoyed lore, test games as much as I do, please visit these sites. Look up your topics and enjoy what you read. And this week in Tamrielic Holidays, the 12th of Sun's Height was Divad Etept, festival held in Ant- Antiphilos to celebrate the deeds of Divad. Divad. Divad Etept. <laughs> so pretentious. That is like me if I was snooty. <laughs> it's like we're Duval. gonna call Dave. We're gonna call Dave David from now on. David. That, that's actually what my grandmother used to call me because it's you know Italian. But yeah, Duval. Duval. He has a great coupon. Duval. I was I was sort of channeling my uh, my my inner my inner uh, I guess uh, bad guy from from the Mummy. What was that guy's name? Uh, from the Mummy and the Mummy Two. Oh, uh, you uh, mean Kenneth Mummy. Yeah, yeah, the Mummy. Imhotep. Imhotep. That was right. Imhotep. Yeah, remember he was yeah. like you know going crazy over that woman throughout the the whole second movie. You know, Anax on the moon. Anax on the moon. Anax on the moon. I haven't met a regular <laughs> or a Daggerfall Covenant female character named Anux on the moon yet. <laughs> Divad itept. <laughs> All right, guys. And that's the one. <laughs> yeah, she totally trounced that guy at the end too. She's like, "Whatever, bro. I didn't really love you anyway. I'm not going to hell." What? What? Oh, I was so sad. I that's felt what happens at the end of the movie. I don't know what's going on. That man was too pretty for that movie to be a bad dude. Like for Val like- Kilmer. Yes. Yeah, Val Kilmer. Shank. It's Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, Shank. You can be my wingman anytime. How you holding up, Crispy? Is she back? She said be right back to me. I don't know if she's back yet. Is she, I she, think with all these references, she deleted our numbers and threw her phone again back into the uh, lake. Yeah, she probably ran away. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, this show is, uh, of course, part of the Quest Gaming Network. And if you like this show, you're going to love what, what we're doing else, uh, throughout the week here. Like uh, Classic Elder Scrolls Night, we're recording that tomorrow, Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here. Twitch, twitch.tv slash Network. Uh, then we've got Shank Saturday, Shank's weekly live stream every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Then, of course, we've got that available on YouTube. Uh, Shank, what are, you, what are you playing this week? Um, I actually got into the Destiny beta, so I will be streaming some of that on uh, Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Oh, all right, very good. Uh, hey, hey, you know what? Sundays is not a dead day here. Uh, we do actually do something Sunday. Sunday morning, actually, at 9 a.m. is Rift with Reforged. That's recorded live, 9 a.m. Eastern on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Quest Gaming Network. Uh, of course, you're, you know, if you're not available such so early on a Sunday morning, uh, that's cool. 
It's available on YouTube as well. It's got its own playlist right there, youtube.com slash quest gaming network. You got to check out Rift, guys. It is an unbelievable game, and Rift with Reforged is a great live stream. We'll be turning that into a podcast very, very soon. We'll let you know the details on that uh, as as that approaches. Monday starts rolling in, and guess what? It's it's uh, QGN Star Wars Mondays. Do a little thing. For, uh, for Star Wars to get you over that Monday grind, use hashtag QGN Star Wars Monday at Swotori Forge, which records Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. And quickly follow. We're just the opening act, guys. Swotori Forged is just the opening act for Totally Heroes, Totally Live Mondays, your late night general gaming show that, that features QGN personalities David D. Enforce Adams, Shank Tank. Brian Armstrong and Satan. No, not at all. You mean Satan? <laughs> but there is an element of chaos that we can't quite explain that keeps coming up in the show. <laughs> it just it that that show. I is don't just, know what you're talking about. Like that is the most coherent show on the network. <laughs> like I, there is nothing more reasonable and right than Totally Heroes. Uh, because no other show on the network feeds your need for speed. For speed! For speed. Wolfenstein! Oh, Lord, Lord. I hope Crispy wasn't around for that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, in, uh, in the chat room is saying, I really hope Avarwin streams Oblivion or Morrowind in classic Elder Scrolls Night tomorrow. You know what? Yeah, yeah, just for you, it's going to be one of those two games. How do you feel about that? We'll, uh, we'll figure that out tomorrow, of course. I, I would love to find a way to make Morrowind an interesting stream. I really, really, really want to do that, but Skywind. Uh, well, it's not. It's not the graphics that does it. It's honestly like the text-driven nature of that game. It's just. It's like virtually impossible for me to stream that game and make a podcast out of it with a full like discussion. I, you have I to read so much. Because you got, I have. I don't know the game, so I got to read everything. And if I'm reading, how am I actively engaged in a discussion? Like it's freaking impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, the last time we did this, I think like you know, Lou was trying. Uh, Lou, <laughs> I think Shank and uh, Maury were trying to talk to me. I'm like, what? Huh? What? I didn't Hang get on, that. Some. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, hold on a second. I got to read this quest. And they're like, oh, really? <laughs> God. God. So anyway, uh, love you too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a funny guy. Uh, so, so uh, general gaming and insanity. Chaos ensues, and every now and again, the Grand Con, uh, Joe Bradford, makes his way onto, onto Totally Heroes. Totally live, Mondays, 10 p.m. Eastern. And hey, you know what? Monday again, the White Council, every Monday and Friday at noon Eastern, directly fed to you on... Oh, what? You didn't subscribe to our YouTube channel? Well, you suck! Go to youtube.com slash Network. correct this wrong against humanity, and subscribe to our channel, because you're going to get The White Council. By far, the funniest show on the network, because because it's, it's, it's Shank Unchained. I'm pretty sure... Uh, Bradford is like crying to himself he, in a corner now. He, I, I'm sorry, Joe. If that <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys. Lord of the Rings and Lord of the Rings Online lore, questing in-game with the community and then, of course, you know the, the mightiest dwarf in all the land, Shank, running out there. You've got Lou on there. Rosie from our community. 
Bradford is keeping this all all uh, all down under his his uh, carefully planned thumb, and and chaos ensues, and hilarity ensues when it, when it all comes together in probably one of the most interesting shows that we have on this network. It's informative, it's fun, and it's always a good time. Every single Monday, every single Friday, right here on YouTube, youtube.com slash Quest Gaming Network. Bring some peace and sanity to your life and just go there and hit the subscribe button. You'll know what we're talking about later on afterwards. And then, of course, Shank Spiel. Hey, you know what? Your weekly dose of Shank and his musings on the gaming industry. Join him for rants, ravings. Ravings is usually what you're going to get. And information. Yep. <laughs> and information, of course. Every Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on QuestGamingNetwork.com and, of course, YouTube. YouTube.com slash QuestGamingNetwork. Uh, chat room. Chat room listeners, you're you're in there right now. You've got a big fancy button right there for the YouTube. Go click on that, and then we're going to ask you to click a second button. That's the subscribe button. Sub up on YouTube. You're gonna you're missing out. You're missing out. Uh, donations, guys. We do accept them. Uh, you can you can ten dollars or more gets a special mention at the top of the show, like you heard earlier. Uh, so so thank you for that. Uh, and uh, you can find us. You can find us on Facebook, Google+, YouTube, of course, and Twitch. We're at Facebook.com slash Quest Gaming Network. YouTube.com slash Quest Gaming Network. Google, Google Plus.com slash plus sign Quest Gaming Network. And right here live, Twitch, Twitch.tv slash Quest Gaming Network. Gentlemen, your final thoughts? Um... Yeah, Shank. This was I. I, I kind of like this. Uh, you know, being in the game, talking about, uh, you know, the the the, the stuff we were, you know, the speculation with the panel, and then what, like that, just breaking down some of the elements of this game. It was fun, man. Um, I I I, I had a good time on the show. Uh, yeah, yay. Oh, and most importantly, looking forward to the news coming out over the weekend from QuakeCon. And Dave. I don't know if this was a good or bad show, but the one thing I can say about it is this was probably one of the most fun shows I've had in forever. I love... I, I gotta say, having Chris be on was great. As much problems as we had, it still was awesome having you on. Uh, this show was a lot of fun to do in-game, and honestly, I love the format that we did. It was a lot more casual. I enjoyed it. Lou... Well, uh, first I want to say thank you to Crispy for coming on board and, and joining us tonight. Glad she was here. And I kind of like in this the way we're set up now. Like we are our own panel at QuakeCon, but we're not there really. <laughs> it's like we're having our own independent. <laughs> this is the this is the ESOTR Con <laughs> in the outside in, speculating about ESO. So I, I really like the way we did this tonight. Tonight's episode was a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, so huge thanks to to Crispy for for joining us today. Um, barring the uh, the technical issues, you know, uh, she did she did very very well. And uh, thanks for for coming out. Uh, we'd like to have you again, uh, but of course we'll we'll make sure that that we uh, we go through everything with a fine tooth comb. Uh, listeners, you know, it's it's a. Uh, it's our fault that <laughs> these things happen, I suppose. So, so no worries, uh, Crispy. We'll we'll make sure everything is okay. So, but thank you for for joining us. You're a fantastic guest. Uh, we really appreciate 
working hard and trying to get those those thoughtful answers out there. Um, I thought this was a good show. The 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 uh, the epic episode that we had last last week was uh, was absolutely fantastic. Um, but God, was that stressful as hell. It really was, and it's nice to be able to. Th- this episode, I came in with the thought of anything goes. I don't care. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the people in the uh, in the tavern are are, are, are calling it out. Um, so anything goes. Uh, this was a, a very nice, relaxed show. Uh, we do this kind of thing every now and again, and it's great seeing the community come out and just kind of hang out with us. And it's it's always a wonderful feeling to see to see you guys next to us in a tavern talking about Elder Scrolls. So so kudos to uh, to the people in the tavern. To, to the to the chat room you guys did a fantastic job crispy you did a very good job you did fantastic thank you so much time to say goodbye everyone and let's start with lou again thanks crispy for joining us tonight good night everyone glad to get back tonight hope you had a good time see you all again next week and dave have a great one everybody we'll see you next time shankster thank you all for coming out and crispy for joining us shadow hide you Take care, everyone. Be safe. And as always, may the foos be with you.